This episode is supported by Dove. Over half of the girls around the world suffer from low self-esteem, which causes them to opt out of important life activities and puts their health at risk. The Dove Self-Esteem Project is the world's largest provider of self-esteem education and teaches the next generation to feel comfortable in their own skin by working with schools and parents. Dove has created and uses educational evidence-based resources that are designed to help young girls and boys reach their full potential. They cover topics like bullying and social media to help young people build a positive relationship with the way they look. You can get these printable resources to help increase self-esteem in young people at dove.ca slash self-esteem. But Alex. Yeah, Shane. It's time. <laughs> Let's do it. Hello, everybody. I'm Alex, and I'm here with my husband, Shane. The babies are in bed, the cat is in her room, and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour. On this Family Tree podcast, episode 76. Welcome, all new listeners. We had a, what do you call it? A, break- a wild week. A wild week. Breakthrough. We're, we're topping the charts on the podcast. <laughs> I, I had no idea things were going to explode so much in that week, but... Uh, thank you to everyone and welcome all new listeners. And we have a great episode tonight, which I think everybody is really going to love. First up, we have Tova and Mike Lee. They are a married couple. They're the hosts of Till Death Do Us Pod. And Tova is all across the map in her career. It's fascinating. She is an actress. She was a producer. She's a content creator. She's a writer. She is just so multifaceted and talented. And they had a hilarious couples conversation Well, let's with us. build up Mike a little bit, too. Uh, he's British. <laughs> that is my favorite accent to speak with. He's witty. He's charming. He is, I don't, you just feel like you've known him forever. But yeah, great conversation. Lots of fun. And then we have the speech sisters. Yeah, so Brooke and Bridget are sisters. And they are both speech therapists. And they have their own online courses that they sell. And they help parents out with their kids' speech. So, you know, they want your kids to become confident talkers and they give parents the tools to help kind of encourage that and build that foundation at home. So they came on with a ton of tips for toddlers, for babies, because of course we've got one of each. So regardless of, you know, how old your kid is, there should be something in there helpful to you. But we have some drinks here that are going to be helpful to us right now. Heck yes, Shane. So cheers. We're doing our non-alcoholic seed lip cocktail. And this is just simple. So tonight we're going Spice 94, which is my personal favorite, and just club soda, Fever Tree Club Soda. No, there wasn't a lot of time to make a fancy cocktail tonight because Alex was barfing. <laughs> is there a nicer way to say that? Vomiting? What's a... What's a... When, when I grew up, we called it Oli, Oliing. So oh. I, I now have, you know, you're sipping your yummy cocktail and I am sitting here with a flat water and I have an Oli bowl in front of me. Yeah, I'm sure the fine people at Seedlip are loving listening to this uh, <laughs> integrated content we're doing right now. But OK, back to the drink. This is a basic drink we're mm. uh, we're having right now, but it is a delicious drink. Yeah. And what, zero calories on this? Zero one calories. Yeah, it, no, zero. Oh. Here's ice, Seedlip and uh, club soda. But yeah, this is our drink we have when it's just too much to put any effort in because it's one of those days today. And do you think you will be oleing during this opening of the podcast? I hope not, but I do feel incredibly nauseous and I'm surprised that I was throwing up so much prior yeah. to recording. Like I'm, that, it took me by surprise. I knew I was feeling sick. And then I told you, I was like, yeah, I kind of feel nauseous. And then as I was sitting there, that feeling just, you know, you know that feeling when you're sick and it just kind of takes over your entire body and then 
your entire body just kind of shakes and convulses it all out. It's a terrible feeling, it sounds like, at least. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I have a theory. And unfortunately, okay. I think you have an adverse reaction to your favorite pizza. The pickle pizza. Yeah. So every Friday, we do. We have a weird tradition, but we shotgun a beer together. <laughs> and we have a pickle pizza but last week, you got sick immediately after, and you said, I think I'm going to Ollie. See, I Ollie, but I, I think it's Well, you I had ate... a skateboard with you at the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it's because I ate too much. And mind you, I did eat the exact same amount last night, but maybe less during the day. I don't know. See, two weeks ago, I just felt like I ate too much, and my tummy just really hurt. Here's another reason, I think, that it might be the pizza. And I don't <laughs> want to reveal too much here on the pod, but okay, it was an intimate time last night. And we, we were, we were, I can say that we were kissing Yeah. and your breath was just, it was more than just bad breath. It was actually kind of revolting. Jane. You know? <laughs> no, it, it was, it was odd. It, it was like a coming up. Like normally I wouldn't say anything like, oh, your breath is bad. Because I would just feel like a, a jerk out of a movie who they're trying to make you a villain. You just go on with the moment and continue the intimacy. Yeah, you go on. Right. This was like, it was... It felt like you may be ill. See, okay. That is so gross. <laughs> that is so gross. And I hope everybody feels Try bad for me. Try being the guy kissing it. And I have to be the person to bring it up that, oh, unfortunately, I think you may be ill or something. See, I could feel that's it, awkward though. for me. See, you eat, okay, typically, if you and your partner are eating the same thing, like a garlicky thing, then you won't notice the bad garlicky breath on the other person because you have it too. But you didn't smell bad. It's like you didn't have garlic breath. Yeah, I would say, unless I'm mistaken, because it is hard to detect your own breath, that things stick to you more than they stick to me. No, well, here's the thing. I didn't even get the garlic dipping sauce that I normally get with it, because I was like, heck no, I'm going to be fresh pickle breath for Shane tonight. And lo and behold... As disgusting as Shane made it sound, there was like something I think not right in my tummy and it was making itself very known at an inopportune moment. Why else would you be sick right now? I like, know, right? Okay, could it have been, did I eat too much meat pie at dinner? <laughs> That's a possibility. You do <laughs> love that meat pie. Okay, so going forwards, if you have breath like that, should I say something or not? What is Oh, if preferred? it's like emanating and you're like, Alex, you're going to be sick tomorrow throwing up over the toilet, please tell me because I just like that forewarning. What if it's just really, really bad? Well, I don't mention it to you and it's just... I prefer if you did, to be honest. Does my breath get really, really bad? Not not ever at a time. It's, sometimes it'll just be like, oh, that's food breath. But... Tell me. If, it, if it's like really bad, I have, I think Tell me I even would. if it's mildly bad. I like that. Yeah, but then you just get so annoying. It's like you'd have to go and take a whole shower before we resumed kissing. I don't take a shower if my breath is bad. Well, you probably would you because you get self-conscious about those things. So you'd probably be like, oh, bad breath. And then you jump in the Listerine. shower. I would just Listerine. I would Listerine. Come right. on. You're making me seem so, <laughs> so neurotic. That's too far. Um, although something did happen today that is... <laughs> this was... Okay, I have to preface this that this was the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened. And I'm going to play some of the audio because, <laughs> unfortunately, it was recorded. Now, 
I play it up like I'm the man of the house. Like if there's a centipede <laughs> or whatever those things are called. What are those? Yeah, like silverfish. Silverfish around. I'll like, Alex, oh, like so scared. And I'll grab a paper towel and I'll grab it and throw it out of the house. Like I own the place. And spiders, it's hard for me to play it cool, but I still will be the guy who grabs the paper towel and throws it out of the house. What I've never fully verbalized to you is I am terrified, like to my core, of spiders. <laughs> to my core. The other day I was editing and I have this big Jason Williams, he's a basketball player, poster. It's it's huge. It's a six-foot poster. But a huge spider came from underneath it. Like a which, daddy long legs type? No, it was like big. And I couldn't concentrate. I couldn't think. I was having like day nightmares that it was going to bite me while I was editing. Wait, 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 wait. Why are you so scared of spiders? I think it's a common fear. Yeah, but yeah, but like maybe like, e that's icky. But why are you like scared of them? I, I don't like a spider bite. I don't, I don't like needles either. You know how I am with needles. <laughs> that little pinching feeling that I, a needle gives. Can you gives, even feel a spider bite? Though? Oh, yeah. And the daddy long legs, although they don't bite often, that is a bad bite. Okay, what do you find more scary? A spider bite, or sorry, a spider or a belly button? Oh, belly buttons make me queasy. <laughs> okay, maybe I am as neurotic as you were leading on to. Okay, I hate belly buttons. Belly buttons make me queasy, but spiders I'm actually terrified of. But I just want to get to the point. Okay, here. okay. Now, last week I pulled a prank on you, which was I flipped a coffee cup upside down. But I, I flipped the coffee cup upside down in a way where the coffee was able to stay in the cup, but just on the table. You have to put a cutting board on top of the coffee cup while it's filled with liquid, flip it over. Then very quickly, like a magician removing a tablecloth from a table, you have to remove the cutting board <laughs> and the liquid will stay in. So, And since there's whipped cream on the other side, on the top, on the bottom of the coffee cup, which would now be on the top, you have the illusion that I've made you some weird drink. I saw this prank on TikTok. I thought, hey, I don't pull pranks, but I want to go viral on TikTok. <laughs> and of course, I thought, hey, this person got 16 million views. We'll get, a, you know, maybe a million. <laughs> maybe. Generous. <laughs> of course, the prank didn't go off. Like a little spilled on you and you were just like, you're cleaning that up. It was a pretty good prank, though. Like it was very uh, ingenious. Yeah. Inventive. Yeah, I just copied what I saw online. Yeah, but it's a cool prank. Yeah, for whoever came up with that. <laughs> I only follow two people people on TikTok and you and this person, but I don't know his name. Point is, I guess you had the idea that, oh, Shane pranked me and he, even though we don't prank each other. We're not ever, prankers. You decided to prank me. And the prank was you were simply going to <laughs> unbeknownst to me film me you on the ground we have a playstation controller and you propped your phone up on the playstation controller and you just walked up to me and said shane you have a spider on your back and okay i, I don't even want to describe it i'm gonna play this alex can we play it yes are okay. you kidding me i've been watching it so much today i'm not getting sick of it at all i'm cringing so bad people are gonna judge me so hard by this and they should just get it to yeah. the point. I'm going to show you a spider on ah, Get it off! Get it off! Get it off! Get it off! Please! Help! Help! Please! Is it still on me? Help me! Help me! Help me! Get it off! Alex, stop! Stop! Are you joking? Get it off! Get it off! Seriously, help me! Help me! Get it off! Get it off! Shut it off! Shut it off! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! 
my god, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> okay, okay, I want to break this down. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel I like started- I'm going to get canceled <laughs> for being pranked because my reaction was so stupid that I can't show my face in public anymore. <laughs> Shane, okay, so I have tears in my eyes again. Right? <laughs> I cannot believe that happened. <laughs> when this happened, I was on the floor crying after because it was so funny. But I. <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> You're neurotic. Oh. But see, so I felt bad. I felt bad even before I did it. I didn't think I was going to be able to keep my composure, and I barely did. You, I think, even almost thought I was kidding at one point, but then were just so overcome by fear that that wasn't even an option really for you. I was cycling out, and it was just snowballing and snowballing, and then I was like, I have to take my shirt off, but if I take my shirt off, he's going to bite me, or she, I don't know the gender, but I'm just going to rip my shirt off, and I'm going to squish it, and then it's going to bite, its teeth are going to be knocked into me. My first instinct was take my shirt off. And and I know you're scared of spiders, so I'm like, oh, she's too scared to get it off. So I told Shane he had the spider, and then he started freaking out, and then he gets up so that I could, you know, I guess get it off easier. But then I started taking steps back, and I ran into a different room, and he follows me into that room screaming, screaming, babe. I know. I heard the tape. But I've been emotionally drained all day because of Did it. Did that? <laughs> Sorry. Do you resent me for it? No, I think it was a great prank. Your acting was so top notch in it. Thank and all you. these TikTok pranks, like even the one I was talking about before where the coffee cup is flipped. This guy is an amazing prankster and he has like so many followers, but all of his pranks are fake. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell. But how, it, how do you know? Because it's the grandma. She's in on it and it's a prank channel and, right. and everything's in with his grandma. And even the, you know, the cup one, the grandma very forcefully lifted up the cup right. with the intention of spilling it all over herself. And most prank channels are fake. But you pulled off the most legit prank <laughs> and you couldn't have got a better reaction. <laughs> My only concern is that it wasn't filmed well because I had it on the ground and I was, you know, lost at a loss for time there were babies around knocking over the phone and the remote so it cuts off your like the reaction on your face after the initial but luckily i mean you could hear your screeching probably from down the street the best stuff in a documentary will be the stuff that's not filmed perfectly it'll be the stuff that's just from a guy's pocket and they'll have to have text up because when a camera's very present people don't act like themselves so on this prank because it's filmed so shoddy people are gonna know if my reaction wasn't enough people are gonna know this is real so like we cannot put it on instagram reels i know too many people i'll be ruined but we can put it on tiktok how would you be ruined in what way because you've said that a million times say how would it be that embarrassing i think it's endearing in a way this this is the worst thing that has ever happened to me (laughs) Yeah, you don't resent me, and I thank you. No, because I'm just mad at myself for reacting that way. <laughs> I I come across as a terrible human being. Okay, before this prank happened, and before I caught on film how you would actually react, right? That was guerrilla style documentary footage. Do you think if I had asked you how you'd react if there was a spider on you, do you think like that you'd be cooler than that? No, I know deep down I've been hiding the secret that I hate spiders. I'm like Indiana Jones with snakes. That is funny. 
See, I've pulled down my pants gardening before because a spider crawled up my shorts. But that's like, I see the spider, I see it crawling up my up my shorts, and I just started screeching and pulled my pants down in the, like, in the middle of the street, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's different because I said it was on your back. Well, the back is hard. Although I have long arms, it's still hard to reach certain parts of my back. That is hilarious. Well, Shane, I appreciate you not hating me after that because that was that was so funny for me and i don't think i've it's laughed my fault not that yours. hard i haven't laughed that hard maybe ever in my life like i was actually convulsing from laughter yeah the, the, it brought me back to i told the story on the podcast when i was caught picking my nose by friends <laughs> and that was such a, a deep <laughs> embarrassment that i felt like I, my life was over and that this doom feeling came over me but I'm like, what do I have to worry about? I'm just terribly embarrassed. People are going to look at me different, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe okay, who saying would it you that be, Who would you be most nervous to see this? Like putting it out there, if I put it on reels, which I won't without your you know, consent, but who would you be most worried about viewing this? Like ex-girlfriends, buddies, oh, no. cousins? Probably maybe my closest friends, Mike. Sean Dawson would have a field day with this. <laughs> like, oh, okay. It reminded me, um, yeah, one time you showed me footage of my one of my friends freaking out over a video game. You, okay, keep going. And I had never seen them in that light before. Because this was secret footage, by the way. This was secret footage. It was like a prank, but a prank that was only going to be shared amongst... The wives. The wives. But you let me in on that. And I felt... Like, oh my goodness, I'm I'm seeing a different side of this person that I've never seen before. And I just felt like, I don't know, like if, if that was me, I'd be <laughs> so humiliated. And that's the way I feel right now. <laughs> um, well, I, okay, I think it's hilarious. I don't think people will think that it's like a different side of you. I think that they will think it's ridiculously funny and maybe slightly endearing that you're such a wimp. But... About nose picking, just a funny little story from tonight. So Lucy's screaming. I go up to her bedroom. This is like 10 minutes after we put her to bed. And she goes, Mommy, you have to put this in the garbage. You have to put this in the garbage. And I go, what? She goes, take it, take it. Oh, she was handing me boogers today too. Yeah. <laughs> so I put on my hand. And she just put a big fat booger right in my hand. Yeah. And I was like, just shocked. And then she said, go put it in the garbage. Because she's not wrong. Like, I mean, that's where it belongs. But... Thank you, kid. Yeah, today she was all scared. She goes, what is it? What is it? And she was picking her nose and pulling out boogers. And I didn't want to say boogers because, you know, you don't like when I say fart and she says fart. So I was like, okay, I have to start a good habit. But it's hard to describe. Like, how would you just... Yeah, that's what I said. I said mucus. I said, oh, it's just mucus coming from your nose and it's your body's way of dispelling things your body doesn't need. I was like, it's like poo-poo for your nose. (laughs) (laughs) Nose poop is good. Hey, I was in her vocabulary. I was now. on the spot, and I was like, "We we all do it, but try to just not do it in public." Are you talking about masturbating or nose picking here? What? <laughs> we don't all nose pick. Yeah, yeah, no, but it's just funny because that What's sounds the masturbating like, thing. Well, that sounds like what all the experts tell you when you have to have a talk to your kids about touching themselves and masturbation and things. The experts always say to use that line exactly. Oh, well. It applies to nose picking. So I use that line. 
Yeah, How so. did she learn this? Because this is the first time I've ever seen her do that. I think there a lot has been accumulating up there, and she's just learning how to properly get it out. Now. <laughs> I think properly getting out is blowing. We got to teach our kid how to blow her nose. Your sister didn't know how to blow her nose until she was what too old, which doesn't make sense. At to least me. thirty-two. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, Tiff, my sister's a different breed. So we got to teach Lucy how to blow her nose. Bottom yeah. line. Okay, because. I, I blow my nose, but I don't know how to blow boogers. <laughs> sorry, this this is the, no, this is the grossest episode yeah, of all time. I know. I'm I sorry, know. listeners. I'm sorry. And we have new listeners this week, too. We're usually not this gross, and we usually don't talk about, you know, bodily fluids and icky animals this often. It's true. But you had a text you wanted to read me. What yeah. is it? Yeah. Okay. So I got a text from my dad tonight. So he texted me. He texted Shane. He texted my brother. And he texted my brother's girlfriend and my mom. So he was really proud of this memory. So at about 7.45 tonight, he said, In about an hour, it will be exactly 38 years ago when mom dropped me off at the bus station so I could go back to the University of Guelph for the week. It was a Sunday night. I asked her to marry me and gave her a ring that my dad gave me. She said yes. Oh, wow. Isn't that so sweet? No, that's 38 years? That seems... So 38 years ago, they got engaged? Yeah, they don't seem old enough to be... Wow, that's... I know. That is amazing. Very cool. I know. It's so cool. It's so sweet. I loved. Uh, I love that story. It's funny because my parents celebrate, and I can guarantee they're having like a date night over it, you know? So they celebrate this. They celebrate their first date night. They celebrate their first kiss. They celebrate, you know, their engagement anniversary, their marriage anniversary, everything. It's very funny. Will we be celebrating certain weird moments? Well, I think we have historically had, you know, a nice cocktail or something on the night that we met. Do you remember what that is? What night was that? See if you remember the date. Take it July 26th. Well, it was the 25th, and it bled into the 26th because the 26th was the morning. Oh, all I cared about was the 26th. That's when <laughs> things got freaky. Get out of here. What? But yeah, the 25th. Good for you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you remember that. And then when did we get married? We got married August 20th. Yes. And it was also my grandmother's 88th birthday that day. It was like a big, fun time. Yeah. And also our other friend Danica. It was yeah. her birthday. So we, we got them a joint birthday cake. They're both big weed fans and Snoop Dogg. A joint birthday cake? That took me a second. Yeah. I'm not saying that was a good joke, but at least acknowledge that I attempted some form of humor. Our first date. Right. If we, if I had an eyebrow ring, would that have changed anything? Yes, yes. I probably would have been. Here's the thing. Some people love an eyebrow ring. I happen to not love an eyebrow ring. And the initial attraction and lust i felt for you right off the hop i don't know that it would have been there so quickly right because i think the combination of an eyebrow ring and tattoos pushes me into like a almost an emo band well and your hair was like it could be borderline emo when we first met you know really yeah oh yeah yeah you had uh it was like you know and describe it poorly. It was a mushroom was cut. Like, that was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was like kind of like you had like long pieces and then it was shorter. You remember this so strange. That never happened. Yes. Yeah. It was like kind of curly here and long and then not short by any means. <laughs> curly. My hair just changed the dimensions. No, Shane, your, your hair gets curly. It gets a wave. Okay. A so wave, it's wavy yes. here. And then with the stash as well that you have and which I, I prefer. It was, it'd just be too much going on, and I uh, gotta say it, sorry to all the emo fans, 
I am an emo hater. I'm Go- a hater. Okay, gold tooth. Is it being worn ironically? I don't know. Like, you don't know. I don't say. Like, maybe I, it is, maybe it isn't. Yes. Because I would hope that it's being worn ironically, and I can get on board with that. That could be kind of funny. Okay. Birthday's coming up, Alex. <laughs> Ending it at gold tooth. <laughs> what? Okay, so you're excited about, you're turning 32. Mm-hmm. So 32 is an age you like. Is there an mm-hmm. age you dread? No. No. I think I got over that when I was like, what? I don't know. 25. I, I don't dread turning an age. Not 40. No. No. See, my 30s, I know I'm only 32, but like, I'm digging my 30s. I'm loving it. And I am so excited to be 32. I've never felt more sure of myself, more confident in myself in so many different ways. And yeah, I'm loving it. Like, I feel so much more free than I did in my 20s. And I I don't know if it's because where I am in life or it's just because of experience dealing with things that make me happy, things that make me not feel good about myself and kind of sifting through that and, you know, making a nice concoction of what makes me happy. But I love it so far. Like, how about you? You're you're an old man. You're near 40. Have you loved your 30s? I have loved my 30s. Yeah, my my 20s were terrible, though. Same. Yeah. Well, they were great, but, you know, my 30s are better. Yeah, it was. I felt like I always had a hangover in my twenties. Yeah, it's no good. I, I wasn't. I, I was always in like some sort of weird drama situation, or mm. like it was so so annoying. But yeah, this and, and there's no there's not a lot of stability. I was living in Toronto, living like paycheck to paycheck. I just wanted to have an a, like a place that was affordable. Toronto's yeah. very hard to live. Uh, but yeah, so living in Hamilton, we have a house. Hey, we have a house. That's pretty great. We got a house. I got like, your great company, obviously, and the kids are good. And like, you know, aside from all that stuff, even like I just honestly in every way, like in what I wear in just I think how I present myself is just everything just feels way more. I hate using this word because it's so overused. But, like I just feel more authentic and I just feel like more I'm more authentically myself, you know. <laughs> no, I like it. No, um, but you know, like, you know, I just that word is so ugh. Yeah, I, I don't mind the word authentic, but the, the authentically myself is kind of funny, but it's cool. Thank you. It's you being you. Hey. Now, do you like going like a having a week-long birthday celebration? Are you one of those types of people? No. I mean, if you like want to celebrate me for a week, I'm not stopping you, but I've never... I feel no. like a lot of people, uh, maybe women, say they're not like that, but then they are. How? How have I ever been like that in our relationship? You get really excited for your birthday. Yeah. Only because we always go away. You and I always do a weekend. (laughs) No, we go away for like four days. I know, but then... And it's not just me for those four days. It's like, yes, I'm the reason we're going. But the other reason is to spend time together away from like responsibility. And Alex, how's the book coming? Good. So Alex is writing a book, everybody. So get excited. Yeah. No, it's... it's, uh, I had some good writing time today. So it's obviously hard we've got two kids no child care and we're both busy working from home every day uh but yeah i've taken on this goal that i have and i want to hopefully finish it by the summertime like by the end of the summer what what date shall i be looking at a first draft what do i say uh 
uh, end of July. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm proud of myself and what I've done so far, and I just want to keep it up. Shane actually had a really great tip. I don't know if anybody else out there is a writer or if you have any other project that you're working on, but he's been reading a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear, and they suggest like if you're doing something it's like just this, just one man, yeah. Oh, he suggests that if you're doing something like this to work in 20 minute increments. And I have not been more energized by any piece of advice like this until that, because if you sit down and write and you set a timer for 20 minutes and you have a bad session, you can't think of anything, you don't feel like you are such a failure because it was only 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then you could sit down and have a great 20 minute writing session. And if that happens and I'm still on a roll, then I'll just set it for another 20 minutes. Yeah, but the problem it's been is so if, helpful. The problem is if you wait for inspiration or time, you never find the time or inspiration because you have these children. Mm. But you know, you might have the you had a moment last week where you had inspiration and you wrote. Great, but don't plan or count on those moments. Yeah. And that's for any project really. You have to make the time and doing it in little chunks is a lot more realistic, especially when you do have the children. But Tova has written a book. She has written a book, and that's a great segue into getting into our conversation with her. But before we get to this interview with Tova and Mike, let's let everyone know who we are supported by. We are supported by My Breast Friend. My Breast Friend is the number one choice of nursing pillow for millions of parents around the world who nurse their babies. Now, I just want to get this out of the way right now. It's B-R-E-S-T. It's B-R-E-S-T. And for more than 25 years, My Breast Friend's patented wraparound design has supported people in over 40 countries and thousands of birthing hospitals to support successful nursing. Is this the most comfortable pillow that ever existed for breastfeeding mothers? It is the Cadillac of breastfeeding pillows. It is the most comfortable. And honestly, it's like just the easy to use. It's got a little cell phone or drink pocket. It's it's luxurious. A simple yes would have sufficed. <laughs> Lactation consultants around the world credit the pillow for helping parents achieve longer and more comfortable feeding cycles than they thought possible. And I can attest to this. I went through it and I love my breast friend. I've had it for what going on three years now. It's simply the best, most supportive choice for successful breastfeeding. You can purchase the My Breast Friend online at buybuybaby.com, target.com, walmart.com, babylist.com, and amazon.com. But now let's get to our interview with Tova and Mike Lee. Hello. 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 Oh, hang on. How do I do that? Wait. Oh, I can't see that. What are you doing? Just start video. I'm trying. Oh, hi. Hey. hey. Hello. How are you? Good. How are, how are you today? It's it's afternoon for us. It's nighttime for you. It's been one of those days, hasn't it? Like rushing, you know? Yes. Same yeah, here. It's been one of those days. You know? yeah. I, I, I honestly, God, I haven't seen the kids all day and they've been at home. So. Wow. <laughs> Are you guys yeah. still on lockdown? Yeah. 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 Same. Yeah, they go, we go back to school on the 8th. 8th Eight. of March, they go back now. Yeah. It's been announced. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And you guys, how are you in Toronto? Where are you? Hamilton, just outside, about an hour outside right. of Toronto. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, nice. And are you guys in lockdown? We're in lockdown. I, I'm high risk, so we've been in total lockdown, our family, oh, for wow. a year. So Shane and I have really wow. only seen each other <laughs> for yeah. a year. Wow. And you're still together. You're still smiling. Barely. <laughs> barely. Yeah. Today might have been the day to end it. But um, it's only it's only one o'clock and it's been a hell of a long day. Yeah. I, I do find January, February, March ish in lockdown is like these months are always pretty difficult. But this yeah. time around, 
I find yeah. it very difficult, like seasonal affective yeah. disorder. I'm not sure if I suffer from that, but you being in London, England, the weather's always yeah. pretty yeah. gray. Yeah. Do you yeah. find that that makes you down, more down than you would be if you were in a sunnier part of the world? <laughs> she bursts into tears. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Um, yeah, it does for you, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does I mean, it for does. you. Yeah. I think I'm the same as you. I, I need to see a little bit of sunshine. Yeah. And it's just grey. Today I went for the walk with the kids, just drizzle. Yeah. It's yeah. just, oh, yeah, it's much. The, our first lockdown was the weather was great. Yeah. It was like an extended holiday. <laughs> yes. Um, in the garden. It was, it was great. It's like, this is easy. <laughs> but no, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's been really tough. Do you guys have lots of snow now? You got, yes. Did you get a lot of snow? Just yeah. The yeah. last two weeks, yes. It, it felt like the winters from when I was a kid, mm-hmm. where we tended like to get fun. more snow. Yeah. And you dig, dig oh, forts wow. and things like that. So at yeah. least, see, I like it when there's a lot of snow. I think that's very joyful. Well, you're not shoveling the yeah. snow, Alex. I'm not shoveling it, but I'm yeah. playing <laughs> in it. <laughs> I'm playing She's in it. She's playing in it. Yes, she is. So it's more yeah. fun. It looks pretty. Everything's nice. Yeah. The kids have fun. Mm-hmm. And it's actually bright. It it's can be quite so bright. bright. With, mm-hmm. it's yeah. so bright. Even at nighttime, it looks so beautiful. And I'll take yeah. that opposed to spring where it's just mucky or you know where it's just cold and late fall Mm -hmm. yeah i like i like this time Mm here yeah i like it a little muckier yes i like it warmer (laughs) (laughs) no i've only ever been to canada in the winter so i have only i've been to toronto twice both times in february Mm. bizarre Mm. Uh, so i need to i need to one day come back when it's nice weather because everybody's like oh it's so nice in the summer not to ontario not to southern ontario (laughs) Don't go to Southern Ontario okay. in the summer. Too right. humid. It's disgusting. Really? You really? can't breathe in the city. Go north. Go to cottage country. Go to the east coast. Right. Not Southern Ontario. It yeah. sucks. Where it are sucks. you from originally, Tova? Israel. Israel. Has- so I feel like I ha- I've had enough sun in, like to last me a lifetime. So I'm still <laughs> not at the I'm depressed by the gray state you know situation right. yet. I've been here for 15 years, but I moved here when I was 30. So I'm still like I still have more sun than great right <laughs> yeah. my gene. and i noticed listening to you talk when like when you go to take a pee you call it taking a wee and there's certain things that i i always associated with very like english do you find your were you always calling peas wees or was that just when you came Wait, to is london not, is that a english thing we we is an english thing no, and pee is a, it's so weird because when I moved here, when, and actually still till t- today, people think I'm either American or Canadian because That's I have I a thought. little bit of a twang there. Uh, yeah. And it's because Israel's very Americanized and there's a lot of American TV on. So you sort of learn English from American teachers and you get the accent from television. But my mom's actually Irish. So wow. I do have the British words, but the American words as well. And my accent sometimes goes British like my awful version of British uh, when I am drunk or when I'm really, really annoyed. I become right. sort of like Mary Poppins. But yeah. annoyed. A violent Mary Poppins. <laughs> a violent Mary Poppins. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, yeah. Toba and Mike, when I was, you know, looking you guys up and just doing a little bit of, I was trying to get a little background research on you, right? Trying to get the intimate knowledge. The very first article that came up, Tova and Mike, were the jail guards that are being accused right now by federal courts of falsifying information and letting Jeffrey Epstein die? Did you know what? that? No. No, that's Wait, but Toba and Mike Lee or just no. generally no. Toba and Mike? 
I thought that was kind of intense and people get really involved in those conspiracy theories. So what? nothing there. But no. you, <laughs> Toba, you especially are in you know the community that I'm involved in online, a lot of moms, like funny stuff. You are incredibly well-known and you're so multifaceted. You're a writer, a producer, a comedian, a blogger, so many things. But when people talk to you too, what do you tell them you do? I mean, I think it just shows how in- indecisive I am. Like, it's like, what do I do? I don't know. I'll do everything. Whatever sticks. Um, <laughs> really, whatever sticks. I mean, I guess, Oh, I don't know. What do I do? I wanted to be an actress, which sounds so like uh, not inspiring when you say it out loud like that. But that's what I came to London for. I did something completely different in Israel. And I came here because I, at the age of 30, decided this is the time. I'm ready. Uh, And uh, yeah. And, um, you know, it didn't work out. (laughs) 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 Did not happen. and I just started doing a blog and, and the one thing led to another. You know, I'm one of those people who says yes and then mm-hmm. thinks later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can you speak French? Yes. In an audition. <laughs> Can't say a word. You know, just say yes and then see what happens. Yeah. So we ended up here. Have we yeah. started, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. No, no. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. <laughs> <laughs> Normally she does a more traditional intro, but we just got into it. We just you know? got no this point. Is the no only, point. This is the only one we've ever done without an intro. But we'll, you know, we'll edit something. <laughs> this, is, this is the bonus material. Yeah, right? yeah. B-roll. But Mike, you are in the entertainment industry. Also, you're a casting yeah. agent, unless I'm mistaken. A talent agent. Talent. So no, so I, I, I manage uh, actors and comedians and writers and presenters. So that was my. Mm. You know, I've been doing that 20 years. Yeah, yeah 20 years. Yeah. Probably, yeah. And that's how initially we met. We met initially for a work thing. Tova's looking for representation. Yeah. Showed up with a resume and an awful French accent. That was <laughs> never going to work. And um, and then after the first meeting, I yeah. think I sort of said, I- I'll be honest now. I- 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 what did I say? I can't remember exactly what I said. You remember what you said. We've I can't, not, I can't say the exact words. Uh, we, you said, I don't want to represent, represent you. you. I would but let's go on a date. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Thank then, you. so then, what happened? Did you go on a date right away? Was there build up? I love a good love story. The first date was at this comedy club. So he was, he was, uh, he went to see a potential see client. Yeah. And I showed up honestly thinking that this but was this potentially a meeting yeah, right, yeah. with a, an agent. Mm. Uh, so I did bring my CV with me and my headshots, <laughs> <laughs> and I had, I had prepared two monologues, one comedy and one Shakespeare, which she never asked me to yeah, do. I never have. <laughs> <laughs> And then after that, we went on a real date and yeah. it was a really good date. To be honest, it was our best date. Yeah, so we been down here ever since. What was so good about it? What'd you do? We went to the theater. the theater and we saw, it was a film originally, Swimming with Sharks, which was a film with Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Yes. And in London, the, the theater thing was, the, the same role was played by Christian, Christian Slater. Slater. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. fame and... Whatever. Yeah, and he started laughing in the big. Do you remember he he cracked up on stage? Did he? I yeah, don't remember. Yeah, he, he cracked up on stage. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. He really wooed me. He made such an effort on that day. You the know, real like, Christian Slater. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I 
like we came out like in the interval uh, interval and yeah. the wine was already waiting Ooh. with Ooh. our names you know and i was like wow i like, pulled out all like, the stops all the stops yeah. <laughs> so who who pulled the first move were you wooed enough that you you know made the first move on him or you did i did i like yeah we went we went to a dinner and everybody exclusive place i think after all didn't i just lunge you you lunged. i lunged Long. i lunged i launched <laughs> you know Ow. it was getting made oh you know i'll just do a lunge and uh, the lunge out worked. of nowhere my mouth yeah. went full of food <laughs> oh, wow. it was good yeah. it was a good long uh, <laughs> so how long did you two date before things got serious wow it was oh do you know what happened the relationship kind of immediately became serious oh, because yes. I was still going to auditions at that time. I, I was still hopeful that it might happen. Uh, and I went to a casting for a movie and I got it. I got the role. It was like, wow, amazing. My first ever uh, film. And it was a feature film. I was so excited. And then they gave me the, the sort of the call sheet and the location. It was uh, filming on, on location was literally five minutes up the road from where my <laughs> no lie but it was like 6 a.m call time yeah and three like... weeks shooting and i'm like yeah, just so like well that's really silly wow. why don't you stay with me yeah, yeah so i literally moved in and never moved out after that yeah, it's true within a matter of a few weeks yeah, yeah it was so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah it was amazing. really odd yeah that's yeah, amazing. See, I mean, the film was awful. Yeah, awful. Like, don't look. <laughs> oh God, if if testers, no, it's a literally lovely film. It's yeah. lovely, and I am so appreciative to have done that role. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'm always I'm always curious. I love relationships that move quickly. Ours move quickly too. We got serious right away. We got married within a year. Mm. Now, okay. what set each other apart from other people that you have dated for each of you? Wow. Wow. Good, wow, what a good question. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, my answer. I want to hear yours first. Oh, I know this is cliche, but I think it was the sense of humour thing. We immediately got on. We immediately still laughing. Still laughing at each other, sometimes with. <laughs> and I think that was the kind of clincher, I think. Yeah. We did. I mean, it was sort of... Yeah. I mean, Mike was honestly the opposite of every other guy I had ever dated up till the point where I met him. He was not my type. <laughs> and my type were fucked up, like tortured artists that you need to save, but you not, never can. Like, no way, yeah. there's no chance. Uh, who ended up being like, you know, awful relationships. And then comes Mike, this grown up. A simpleton. You know, yeah. no, a grown up. <laughs> uh, you know, a guy that could actually look, take care of himself and mm. knew where the dishwasher was and like had lived by himself and had a job and actually woke up in the morning to go to the job. And it was just like so refreshing, you know? <laughs> and that was like the initial thing was, oh, I don't know, he's not my type. And mm. then I thought, well, you know, your type hasn't worked. So mm. let's try something yeah. else. Yeah. But I think the humor was the thing that I didn't expect. And yeah. In the proposal, how does that go down? Our proposal was just drunken. We both looked at each other and went, "Let's get married," and then that was our engagement. How long have you guys been married? It'll be it'll be five years this summer, mm -hmm. six years together. Oh, mm -hmm. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. No, yeah. it worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good yeah. drunken night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my proposal was... Very low-key, wasn't it? But I had the ring. You did. I had the ring. And was thinking about, can, where can I go? We so, were going. We were going to the Caribbean, and you... You did. You can wait. It was like yeah. Maybe I thought. Maybe I thought it was a no. Maybe the Caribbean holiday was off. Maybe (laughs) save some money. So exactly. So I literally did it on the couch while we were watching The Simpsons. Simpsons. (laughs) Literally that. Literally during The Simpsons. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Memorable. Yeah. Wow. No, I love that. Somebody told me I was married before. I don't know if you know this about me, but I I was married before Mike and. One of the reasons that I came to the UK was after I, I, I had split up with my ex-husband and had the divorce. And uh, somebody said to me, like, uh, you know, something along the lines of, like, the bigger the wedding, the smaller the marriage, or, like, the small wedding, the big marriage, whatever. Something about that. And when I think back, we had, like, the biggest wedding with my ex, you know. And it was, like, the biggest wedding. And it sort of, like, ended really badly. So I kind of liked that the, you know, the proposal was low-key mm-hmm. and it was just, like, this... The wedding wasn't so low key, but my point is that it was kind of low key. I, I like, you know, different people's perspectives when it comes to marriage and relationships. I think that every single couple has such a different take, right? And obviously you can't compare. But I was curious because I know, Tova, you talk a lot about sex, monogamy, relationships, marriage. What do you two do to keep your relationship healthy? Because I know you work together. <laughs> it's like us. There's kids around. It gets crazy. We're in quarantine. And things can get really fiery yeah. in a normal marriage. Our, our day has been fiery so far. I still love shame, but it's been fiery as hell. But what do you guys do? to keep that fire at bay? Alcohol. Yeah, alcohol. <laughs> like all day long. No, come on, don't encourage people to drink all day. But no, alcohol helps. Uh, but no, if I'm being honest, I think the, fi- the fact that we're not like at each other's throats is actually all Mike. Like, honestly, he's so much calmer than me. I'm, I'm very, I can get really, really fiery. And I, you know, and I think it also has to do with what you've been modeled at Mm -hmm. home as a kid. So like my parents, I wrote about this in my book, they always had like quite a feisty relationship. And I don't think it was very healthy and how they communicated with each other. And I think going into like adulthood, you don't realize what you've picked up on and what habits you're going to have in your relationship. And I didn't have good habits at all. Mm -hmm. And I think the other the tortured fucked up guys uh probably also had like (laughs) bad role models so together that was not a good combination uh but then i met mike and mike is very calm you know his parents uh, stayed married uh and didn't end up in a divorce and had a a good relationship so i think for me from my perspective in our relationship that's really helped because i can get away with my drama but he doesn't engage in it Mm -hmm. he doesn't let it go into that kind of you know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you had a, yeah. a viral video where you were, I think it started as maybe a joke, but then it resonated with so many people where you were going into your van as like a reprieve from the kids and you, you were on like a morning show talking about it. Yeah. But is that something you actually do or was it just a lark that other people happen to be doing that accidentally resonated with so many? I mean, know i think a lot of these videos are a combination Mm -hmm. of both you know you sort of uh you know i mean i've been known to hide from my children several places (laughs) in different places you know not just in the car so i think like there's always truth 
to all of my videos. Mm -hmm. But for the sake of comedy, obviously, they're taken to an extreme and edited really well. (laughs) No, not by me, by the way, by my great editor. So yeah, I guess it's a combo of both. Uh, But yeah, there was a trend at the time and they picked up on it uh, because people were doing it and it was like on TikTok and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And do you have date nights? I was going to ask that, yeah. Obviously, due to COVID and this in London, the UK, on our third lockdown, yeah, it's quite difficult. But when it was ease, we did manage to, to get it. So, yeah, yeah, if we can, we're absolutely. And I know it's a, again another cliche, but it is so important mm-hmm. in relationships. You said, you know, when you both work from home, you're constantly on top of each other. Any excuse to get out. We've done the same. We've done a couple of. Um, kind of zoom social nights with friends you which it i beginning. did at first, <laughs> and i did and first one we did a few weeks ago i did dry january we had a conversation over christmas when tova said you really are drinking too much and i was like well you know a couple of glasses of wine you know but it's getting too much and i was a bit like right really think i've got a problem right i'm gonna do dry i've never done dry january i never see the point of it mm-hmm. if you're gonna have a drink january is the month you want to drink yeah right. exactly I tend to think, so I did it. So we did a Zoom social with some friends. After, just after we, had, we, have, we hadn't been drinking for a whole So that was like a sort of date night because, you know, we had some nibbles uh, and things and got wasted. So bad. It was like a small child mind-sweeping drinks at a party. <laughs> <laughs> Mixing drinks, Awful. wine, gin, you name it. And it literally took me three days I had a three-day hangover. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. So that was the last day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I think that day nights, like, I know some people, it's amazing. Some people who can be a bit maybe more structured and, like, going, right, every Tuesday is our day yeah. night. or every, we, We've never been like that, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, we just like going out, a meeting with friends. So it doesn't necessarily, for me, it doesn't have to be just me and mm. Mike, like going to a romantic dinner, just us two. Like even if we go out with with friends, yeah. I consider a date night because I think the thing that I think is, is sometimes hard in relationships is that, you know, you can get really sucked into the day to day and those conversations about, you know, the kids and the food and did you do the shop and did you order this and did you do that? And I think... think it's just really boring and it's not even like being boring being bored of your partner you're just bored of yourself so I think like going out meeting friends going to a dinner a bar or or dancing or whatever it is and you're not necessarily the whole time with your partner but you're out yeah. And getting something yeah. new in is just really, really important. And I really miss it, mm. which is why we started doing the Zoom nights. Awesome. We're doing a Zoom party this Saturday. Yeah. You guys should come. We're literally hosting a Zoom party. Wow. It's an, <laughs> How many people yeah, are invited? It's an, well, it's Zoom, so Unlimited. it's open to like... Oh. Uh, well, it's open to, I think, 500 people at the moment. Um, <laughs> and we're doing battle of the decades. It's like 80s versus 90s. He's yeah. so He's so good with trivia stuff. I am. If that's really? what it is, yeah. if oh. that's what you mean by battle of the decades, I don't know what you mean. What trivia? A movie trivia. Movie trivia, I, I would be decent mm. at, but nothing oh. else. Yeah. Oh, I knew that. But if, I thought I thought some questions. Yes. <laughs> Turn this into a quiz. Yeah, <laughs> quiz quiz night. Yeah. Then it could become like a quiz night. Yeah, it's great. There you go. Now you have three children, and people with three children, I always ask why. <laughs> um, well, I mean. It's, it, it, I mean, it wasn't planned. We, we obviously had one. Mm-hmm. And then we had, was it called IUI? IUI. We had some fertility treatments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that got, yeah, gave us twins. twins. 
Wow. So we okay. uh, we weren't kind of expecting it. And again, we went for the last kind of checkup and I was I couldn't make the last appointment. And the nurse said to Tova, oh, you've got two healthy follicles. Would you like me to continue? And obviously now, you know, English is not Tova's first language. <laughs> so she didn't know what follicles were. She just went, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. <laughs> not realising oh, no. that there's a, a good chance now if you proceed. And then when we were then told that that, that afternoon, we were told, oh, you, as they say, you got one, I come and said. Yeah, two congratulations. Yeah, oh, two congratulations in order. I, I just went ghost white. I just couldn't, <laughs> couldn't believe it. It was, it was something that I never thought yeah. about. Never. I never thought, I mean, in hindsight, home. having any kind of, Obviously, you know, mm -hmm. the odds go up, but we didn't, didn't think, think about it. it for a second. As you can see, we're not very bright. No, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no idea. So that's how we ended up having three. So you know, when they were born, we had three kids under the age of two. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. So yeah, it was the first couple of years was a blur. Do you have the children, Alex? Yes, we have two. We've got a an almost three year old and an almost eight month old. So oh, wow. in, in a busy phase, in a tired, wow. exhausted, busy, yeah. fun phase. But look at you. You're like you look amazing, you know? Yeah. I, I mean at eight months I was like a shell of a person. I mean honestly. Toby, wow. you only say that because you can't smell me right now. I haven't had the time to shower yet today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that the hardest period of your marriage, the, the that time when you yeah. had the three children? And when does it get yeah. better? <laughs> Yeah. Asking for a friend. <laughs> oh gosh. No, I mean honestly, I oh. think uh, you know, I uh, honestly, I think it's the hardest thing. It was 100% the hardest time in mm -hmm. my life at least. And in terms of the relationship, I mean, what relationship? Mm -hmm. It was it really it changed so quick and so drastically mm -hmm. in such a short period of time because much like you, we, it was like a quick romance and we sort of moved in together really fast and then got engaged really fast. And then I think within two years we were married from the mm -hmm. day we met. So it was pretty fast. And then we had our eldest quite quick after that, because I mean, I was already, I was 35 when we had our eldest and you were in your forties, 43. So we were a bit like, let's not wait, let's just get mm -hmm. on with it. And then suddenly you're 37 and I had an awful pregnancy with the twins. I had preeclampsia. I was in hospital for two months. I nearly died after delivery. And Whoa. when I came out of hospital, like I was just broken in so many ways. So I think the relationship was just not even on the agenda. Mm -hmm. It just survival. wasn't it was there. Survival. It wasn't like on our periphery. Like we were just like getting through the nappy, getting through yeah. the feeds, getting yeah. through the, mm -hmm. the day awful and yeah I think looking back now and I've, I've spoken about this a lot and I wrote about it in the book as well that you know I think uh, again honestly it was because of my that we made it because I'm very dramatic like I took it to the, like what is this did he call this a relationship oh yeah this is awful really because because that's how I felt and Mike kept saying Mike, you know, would just sit there and go, it's temporarily, like it's temporary. It's not going to, mm -hmm. it's, it's a pass. phase, it'll, it'll pass. pass. Yeah. And it annoyed me when he said that, because of course I was like, oh, it was, you know, but uh, he was right. It did pass and it did take a while. And, you know, for parents who are in that situation, like I call it the fog though. And for, mm -hmm. and it's different for different people. You know, some people it's shorter, some people it's easier, but some people it's harder. When we came out of the fog, 
you suddenly go, oh my God, you know, you like, do you know what I mean? And then you look at your partner and you go, wow, is there anything left? And that was the point, by the way, I think that was the beginning of coming back was when we went to Vegas, Mm -hmm. which is the story we told on uh, on the the podcast, Uh, which again, I didn't want to do, I didn't want to go. And Mike was the one saying, we need this trip. Like we need to go, we just Mm -hmm. need to do it. And it was brilliant because we were far away enough to just forget about the kids. And we really did forget about the kids for those few nights and just be us again. And it was that moment sitting in that restaurant laughing and going, oh, yeah, you make me laugh. I remember you like forgot all about that part of us, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I don't know. No, I think I'm I'm sure that's the same for many, many people listening and you just have to realize what you're both going through at that time and know that hopefully mm-hmm. you'll get over it because it's mm-hmm. just, you know. Relentless. Yeah, I mean, as, you, as Tova said, difficult preg- we had a difficult one with our first child as well. Yeah. All difficult pregnancies. Uh, we didn't have a support system. <laughs> My parents are sort of older and couldn't help. My mum was ill at the time. Yeah. Tova's family weren't here. So it was just us. Yeah. You know, some people are lucky to have a family around the corner or best friend next door. We didn't have any of that. It was just us. So it was very, very tough, you know. Mm-hmm. And also jobs where you're sort of working for yourself mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Yeah, it, was, um, it wasn't It was a joyous time. No. <laughs> people look back at seeing their kids. Oh, that was, oh, she was growing. Wasn't that lovely? No, it really wasn't. <laughs> you know, I, we, were, we found like this old computer the other day that has a lot of the old uh, pictures yeah. and videos of the kids when they were little and I could I mean you know there's the whole mom guilt right mm-hmm. let's not even open the door on that okay because no matter what you do you're feeling guilty and like you haven't done enough but I'm looking at these videos and I see my videos with the el- my, our eldest and I'm like you know I'm like doing the baby bouncy taking her to all the classes and I'm like you know and I'm I'm so I'm so like over the top like there and then it goes like to the wins and you just like you know you just can see that it was so not joyful like Mm -hmm. that period was just so difficult and then of course I felt really awful and really guilty and again I was like Mike isn't it awful don't you think he was like no (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah voice of reason (laughs) so how were you able to go on that vacation without the children who was watching them we got um... a nanny yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah. And your yeah. sister. Yeah, my and, sister. And my sister. sister came out. So I mean, really, way was it four nights? Well, we're supposed to be five nights. Five nights, nights but five. we didn't get yeah. the uh, Esther visa. We messed up on. But we stayed yeah. at the airport. We didn't come back after yeah. we missed the flight. We were like, we're not coming back. You slept yeah. there, and we went. We slept at the yeah, hotel okay. in the okay. airport. Yeah. And the first night, so we're in this hotel. It's like an awful hotel whatever and i was like i get the night we are going down to dinner and i am wearing my all sequins dress which i was going to wear in vegas for tonight like i'm doing it (laughs) and we come to the lobby like these two completely (laughs) overdressed people yeah because because you know we kind of planned the trips in vegas so we had um love the beatles musical britney Britney Spears, spears various restaurants but because we'd missed that first the, the first day, which we thought would obviously with the um, what's it called? Jet lag. Oh, the whole jet lag mm-hmm. thing that went out the window. So you're kind of dressed up. You're there. Let's go there. And you know that time it really <laughs> does hit you going there. Oh, so we does. literally slept through every 
Every show. Event we went to, you know, <laughs> Love Amusal, <laughs> Britney Spears. <laughs> it, it literally was that. It was what a waste of money. But it was, but that looking back, that was kind of the fun of the trip. Where did you guys that stay? We, we slept at these moments. Uh, the Venetian. Venetian. Oh, it's oh, pretty. Nice. Yeah, because it had a bit of that sort of nice and tacky. Yeah, well, that's what you need. And Vegas, it's yes. Ideal. Yeah, a bit of both. See, we opted for nice and uh, dangerous. We went to the hotel where oh. there was that shooting. What was oh, that? Wow. What was it called again? Um, oh, I forget. Uh, it had the wave the win? pool. Win? No, 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 it wasn't the wind. It was gold. It was all gold. It's at the very end. It's like kind of far yeah. off the strip. But it yeah, was beautiful, and because of the shooting not long before, it was actually like it felt super safe. Yeah. So that was well, nice. The and pools a little bit cheaper, are made yeah. a little bit cheaper. The pools were incredible. Wait, was this for your honeymoon? Was this no. the honeymoon? We or took our kid. Just... Yeah, we only had one child uh-huh. at the time, and we we brought uh, my father in law too. So he was watching the. Our, our daughter Lucy oh, well we went out and went to like nice. comedy clubs and like some of the worst hangovers but some of the best times yeah. and thank yeah. goodness for my yeah. father-in-law because it made it feel like we didn't even have our daughter there mm-hmm. it was kind of the reprieve that you were yeah. looking for we, uh, I mean, just all, we also renewed our vows in Vegas yeah we did a we Elvis. did a oh, nice. Elvis chapel oh that's amazing right but anyone out there ever thought about you do it when, when you're allowed to travel again or, or whatever yeah. Elvis right. Chapel, you can't go wrong. So Great fun. I want That's to do that. Best. I want to do that too. Now, Alex yeah, has really this good. idea. When we were just talking to Cat and Nat, and I was asking them the same question, because Alex's fantasy now is to go to Greece for two weeks without the kids so i'm asking guests now is that something that's possible and have you had another one of these vegas-esque vacations without the children since that trip so first of all i went to well i've been away without the kids for that long Mm -hmm. uh, but not with mike so i did uh the everest base camp track a couple years ago Uh, and if i didn't finish it but i did travel to nepal Mm -hmm. with my brother and it was nearly three weeks even Mm -hmm. But I think for me, it was easier knowing that Mike was home with them. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. You know, I don't know if I would have been able to go uh, for that long without one of us being with mm-hmm. them. Uh, mm-hmm. But also, I think it, it it depends on who's staying with them. And our issue is that we literally have nobody mm-hmm. that we could ask to, mm-hmm. to be with. Yes. I don't know. What about you? Would you, You'd be able to, wouldn't you? Like, would yeah, you I, I think I think any young couples who have a chance to do that and they yeah. have someone they trust, trust and love to look after their kids and the kids are very happy with them. Such a journey, they're not going to remember. Oh, yeah, they they're not going to look back in years' no, time and exactly. go, you know that time you went away? You ruined me for that. I never got over it. Not going to happen. Wait, so Shane, you're not into it? Like uh, Alex wants to do it and you're a bit scared or what? To me, it just doesn't seem realistic to give our children to other people for that long. I don't know. I feel like... My parents are around. My parents are... We just get them to take them to the cottage for... Yeah, but I feel like resentment might build up. But who would resent it on your scenario? Um, If you guys both went together, who would be resentful? Father-in-law, mother-in-law... My ah, my stepmother, well, maybe depends how good well, the I mean, kids are. I don't know. <laughs> I think you're gonna have that conversation. I mean, you've yeah. had that conversation because we went away. It was only a few days. Mm-hmm. We made sure my yeah, sister was absolutely days. fine with it. If it's a no, if you've got any reservations, say it now. Please be honest. This is it. Blah blah blah. And um, they didn't have a problem. And, and again, because your kids are so young, they're yeah, not gonna remember. Mummy and Daddy went away. Yeah. If you've oh, got yeah. a chance to do it, especially after 
lockdown, everyone just wants to get out and do stuff. Uh, and we went to Greece literally a few weeks after our oh, wedding. Yeah, we Your best friend got married oh, yeah. in the middle of oh, Greece. Oh, but we didn't have kids then. Yeah, we didn't have kids yeah. then, but it was wonderful. Where, where in Greece did you go? Oh, God. It, was the, it wasn't Athens. It was whatever is the ancient capital of ancient Greece. And I can't remember the name. It, the wedding know was there. I should know this. We've been away mm-hmm. without the kids a few nights, times, but like never more than a couple of nights. Okay. Uh, and and within the UK or Ireland, which is like, yeah, you know, it's just a 50 far. minute flight. So apart from Vegas, those have been the trips that we've done together. But we've both individually been away for longer because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mike does the Edinburgh Festival every summer and that's two no weeks way. away. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. See, oh, I yeah. I think I think it's totally possible. My parents used to leave me for a week every year for their own vacation mm. every single year, yeah. and they missed big events for me. They missed my birthday every year because they travel when right. my mom was off, yeah. and my my mom was a teacher. So when she'd have the break in March, I'd also be off. But it wouldn't matter because they'd come home with awesome stuff. I didn't care, mm. and you want to do it when your kids are young because mm-hmm. if you wait till they're too old, they're gonna take yeah. advantage of the old grandparent who's watching them. They're gonna sneak out at night. They're gonna yeah. drink with their friends. I'm not saying I know this from experience, but that True, might yeah. happen. But yeah, you gotta you gotta do it now. We gotta do it now. And I'm mm. so curious. Yeah. So you know, we talk about making relationships work in front of kids and how that can add just a little stress or a little strain what do you do when it comes to arguing or disagreeing in front of your kids and fighting in front of your kids what's your take on that do we have a take on it not really it's not something we sort of sat down and kind of discussed i mean i think there's been times when we've sort of agreed yeah to you know, be a united front and, and obviously don't, you know. <laughs> never worked, though. Worked. Daddy that... told us not to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm a softie. If I go out with the kids yeah. and all that and they they gang up on me for, you know, today a biscuit, a cookie or whatever, I'm like, you know what, they're running around a bit. Yeah, have a cookie. Yeah. So, it's you know, I don't think it's sort of... But we don't, I mean, to be honest, the things we argue about are really... Tidying very boring like honestly it's yeah, like hiding up she's a neat freak I am. I'm, I'm an officer i mean you can't call me a neat freak, a neat with, freak. with how our house looks <laughs> honestly if i was a neat freak i wouldn't be able to sit in here he's very messy and he's a hoarder and we have very different standards when it comes to society so we fight over like really boring stuff mm-hmm. like that um and you know intentionally the kids i don't think we have big rows uh, again mm-hmm. compared if I compare it to other relationships that I've had, I don't. I wouldn't say we argue a lot. So when an argument or a disagreement does come up, but the kids happen to be around us, we will have it because it's no, it's not mm-hmm. really a big deal. So far, we no. haven't had a fundamental no. disagreement about mm-hmm. something major, major in in a married life, whatever mm-hmm. that may be. Uh, like you two going to Greece, for example. Yeah. This could be your one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't, we haven't yet. Yeah. And Mike, uh, and, but in generally speaking, my kids, uh, you know, they think whatever. They're always on. They're always Team Mike. Always. Really? Yes. No. Of course, of course. They're Team, they're team Daddy. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be flattered, Mike. <laughs> okay, Tova and Mike, we're just going to take a quick break to let our audience know who we are supported by. Seedlip. 
the world's first distilled non-alcoholic spirit. First and best. It is the best. And Seedlip is crafted without alcohol, sugar, or calories and solves the dilemma of what to drink when you're not drinking, whether it's for the night, the month, or forever. Or if you're recording a pod and you just want to feel good. Right? Yes. It really does make us relaxed. And as a non-drinker, it never feels great when your only options are like water or pop or sugary mocktails. But now you can skip the booze without... <laughs> Yes, you can skip the booze. <laughs> but you can skip the booze without feeling left out when it comes to your social life. So whether you prefer a punchy citrus flavor, aromatic spices, or savory herbs, Seedlip offers a drink for every type of drinker. Seedlip also has three different variants. They have Spice 94, Garden 108, and Grow 42. They're all alcohol-free and have their own unique flavors, which pair so perfectly with a splash of tonic or to make more complex cocktails with like Shane and I typically like to do. And if you want to check out what cocktails you can make, you'll find them in the Seedlip cocktail book or on Instagram at seedlip underscore NA. So head on over to seedlipdrinks.com and use the promo code thisfamilytree10 for 10% off of your favorite non-alcoholic spirit. This is available in Canada and in the US. And again, that is seedlipdrinks.com and thisfamilytree10. But we are also supported by Bravado Designs. They make the best nursing bras that you can get your hands on. I know there's a lot out there, but take my word for it. And if you're not going to take mine, take Shane's. They're the best. <laughs> He's a man of a few words, but so potent, those words. Bravado Designs makes truly the most comfortable and most user-friendly nursing bras. I even used them for months after I weaned Lucy just because I loved the comfort so much. But now they have a new everyday collection which you can get and they have no clips but the same amazing comfort and look. So you can get their nursing bras at bravadodesigns.com or you can head to the Canadian website for access to the everyday collection at ca.bravadodesigns.com. But regardless of which website you go to, use the promo code thisfamilytree20 for 20% off. Again, that's bravadodesigns.com or ca.bravadodesigns.com for access to the Everyday Collection and promo code ThisFamilyTree20. But now let's get back to our interview with Mike and Tova. So how do you, Mike, deal with, and Tova, I'm using your own words, a drama queen when it comes to that type of personality. As somebody who is relaxed, how do you help to kind of deflect and de-escalate situations i work as a talent agent so you know for 20 years i've dealt with Drama crazy uh, actors. <laughs> so kind of he just nods a lot uh, yeah <laughs> yeah really okay yeah, whatever you, you, yeah. good luck mm. with that so i don't know i mean i you know I, i've learned that you know tova will have a quick temper i yeah. think is the right thing a very quick ah! and then it's gone you know yeah. some people will kind of let it simmer Mm. for a long time and for the long haul which can be kind of worse so, yeah. so you just you just learn your partner's personality and you hope to learn how how, how to deal with it and, and obviously yeah. communication we do communicate a lot we do talk a lot so <laughs> mainly me no but we do well I, you know i try you know tove has this habit of having the serious conversation just when i'm about to go to bed <laughs> so you know when you get into bed mode you, you know whatever you go to the toilet, you brush your teeth, <laughs> you're in the pajamas, oh, eight hours sleep, love it. And then the conversation <laughs> coming. Really? Now? Can you that earlier? <laughs> during dinner. Couldn't have done this during dinner. Oh God. You know, so you know, you kind of use you know, but that's I don't know what my point was now, but uh, I just that's wanted amazing. to vent. Yeah. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> 
also like speak at the TV a lot, you know. Mm. I don't know if you guys do that. Like I, I I'll watch TV and I'll interact with the television. <laughs> yeah. So Mike's just like giving up. He'll just like sit there. Oh. Wait, yeah. I'm finished. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm waiting for a sentence to finish. Is that she finished? Oh no, it's another sentence. <laughs> And it's on. I'll pause and go for just my dinner, man. I'll watch it tomorrow. <laughs> but, like, I, I'm wondering, because sometimes it can, you know, it, it might get, I don't know, I would take, and I have taken personal offense sometimes. Like, if Shane is upset about something, and I know I'm like, okay, he's quick-tempered, I know, but this is really pissing me off. And then mm. I say something. How do you not get pissed off? Or do is that just easy? So how does Mike not get? Yeah, like how do you not take offense? The occasions it happens. The occasions it happens. Mm -hmm. I gratefully even leave the room and go for a walk. Right. Get out. Especially during lockdown now, the kids and all that. The kids today. I had a headache. Just take yourself away from it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think think that when Mike does get annoyed, like sometimes, like even at the kids, like you know, homeschooling has been. Listen, a challenge. Listen, yeah. it's been a challenge. I like bet. you know, I, I've heard Mike uh, reach that limit of his uh, several times <laughs> no. over the past few weeks, and I know that when that happens, it's been a really tough morning. You know, mm-hmm. because it doesn't happen very often that he'll lose it, but of course you lose it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You have your moments, if everybody does. But I think your wrath is much higher. Like I, I don't have patience as a person. I'm very, very impatient, mm-hmm. and you do. Mm-hmm. You know, which maybe is why it works. Yeah, you yeah, know, like that that's sort of balance it, it out. Because like that, yeah. I'm like now, now, come on, yeah, let's go, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like that. And Mike, Mike is like he marinates longer. You know, <laughs> which sometimes is annoying. Sometimes that's a cause of conflict, but. I think we've also somehow learned how to navigate that, I mm-hmm. suppose. Like, there's certain things that I do and certain things that he does, you know? Yeah, I think cert- yeah. certain things in relationships, once you accept that there's traits in your partner that you will never change, yeah, <laughs> not going to happen, yeah. you know, and that you accept it, you then go, okay, how do I deal with that? I, just, I think you hit a time in life when you don't do all that kind of, Maybe we can work on this. Oh together. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Stuff. This is like, <laughs> that's where you are. Or, and, and with me as well, she'll this say that, and I just go, "But that's it. Yeah. I'm not going to change now. <laughs> not going to happen. Not going to yeah. change. Learn how to deal with it. You know. Old yeah. dog, and no tricks. Yeah. Yeah. It's true though. Yeah. Wow. Never thought of that. Really. See, I I feel like I'm a lot like Tova and she's more like you, yeah. Mike. Right. But I'm trying yeah. to be more like you, Mike. Um is Tova, do you ever try meditation or anything? Like I've tried and I failed every self-help yeah. thing in the world. Is there anything yeah. that has calmed you down at all or is it just like Mike was saying, let's just accept who we are and try to deal with it? I think, like, honestly, how old are you, Shane? Are you, you're, um, how old are you? 47. No, I'm not. I'm 37. Yes. That's what I'm I meant. I'm 37. <laughs> 37. I think um, reaching 40, I'm 45 now, so it's like I've been five years in my 40s, and I love being in my 40s, and I feel like uh, I've learned to just really be me, like, in my 40s more than mm-hmm. ever. I'm so... I'm, I, I honestly, like, I'm so, it's so nice and it's such a relief to be with someone that accepts you 
as you are. Like, I know that I'm so flawed and, and, and I know that, but it's like my secret, right? But what's interesting is that Mike knows it. He knows it so well. And do you know what? It's right. Like, I mean, this, you know, there's always things that you try to improve, I guess, but like, I've come to accept that I'm impatient. I used mm-hmm. to torture myself about that because in my mind, it's a bad quality. I want to have patience. I want to be mm-hmm. a really patient person that does meditation and can sort of like listen to your child tell a story for five hours about a fish <laughs> and it's so fucking boring. And I really want to be that parent that really likes that story, but I'm just not that person. I'm not that person. And um, I think now that I've accepted, I'm, I'm much happier because then I don't have all the other set of emotions that come come with that Mm -hmm. you know the guilt the self-tormenting you know all of that to answer your question about meditation it's it's not been my thing either but I guess it also is a question of how do you meditate like if you're talking about meditation sitting and sort of like you know listening to whales and whatnot it's not my thing but I I could I can consider a walk just listening to music as a form of meditation you know just just I don't do that either but I'm just saying (laughs) 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 you know some people might meditate yeah. like and have thrash metal. <laughs> 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 oh, so I have a ten pieces of very old school marriage advice, and I wanted to get your take on them. Just quick, tell me if there's something to it, or tell me if it's bullshit. Okay. So this is a game. It's, it's a bit of a game. Okay. These are from uh, marriage and engagement books from the late 1800s, early 1900s, and wow. up to the 60s. So the first Where you one. Find this? Online, you can find anything online, Mike. Come on. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so something to it or bullshit. Nagging will lead to infidelity. Nagging. Mm-hmm. Mm. Naking. Nagging, like being a nag. Oh, nagging. Nagging, <laughs> yeah. nagging leads to infidelity. No, bullshit. No. Bullshit. No, bullshit. Always be groomed. <laughs> during, during lockdown? No. I finally, What's the point? I finally told anywhere. Shane yesterday about the one little hair that I grew during pregnancy and postpartum. <laughs> I have one little brown hair. And I'm not plucking it right now because I want to make a TikTok video with it. Yeah, I can't grow see it. Out. it. Grow yeah. it let it grow no, up. No, you got to let it grow more. I can't see it. <laughs> All right. Have a drink and dinner waiting for when he comes home from work. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, I'd go with that one. Uh, refusing premarital hanky-panky. No, no. no. I mean, are we going to say yes to anything? Maybe. Well, here's yeah, the thing. let's see. People, oh, people have different takes, oh, and this oh, is what makes okay. it so interesting. Because then you get to see which have kind of filtered through the decades. A girl should be wary of selecting a mate who is too emotional. These men may work in radio or movies and thrive on thrill. And here's the thing. Shane works in TV and entertainment, and I think he thrives on thrill. And I think you are very emotional. There might be something to that one. Is there something to it? I say there's something to it. (laughs) Just ask them. (laughs) Is there something to it? Like, we need to talk yeah. about this. Right? <laughs> I'm out of this game, okay? But it's good to be emotional, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I yeah. guess if the emotions are, like, kind emotions. Mm-hmm. Like, I love you. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> yeah, that, that one was gone. Looking, looking. Was well, I don't know. Let's, let's skip that it. one. No, All right, no, okay, okay. It. A girl should be wary of selecting a mate who is too emotional. 
So going for men in radio and movies who no. might rely on thrill. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think that's And true. And you're saying this as a woman who has dated many starving, well, she's tortured artists. Well, she's had two different types of emotions. She's had the more like negative emotions. And then See, here I, she is with I, Mike. I, I wouldn't classify it. Yeah, and I wouldn't classify it as like emotional men. Mm-hmm. I don't think like if I had to describe them, I would say they were emotional men. I just think, uh, you know, they were immature men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that would be how I would classify it. So, no, no. I would say no. Makes sense. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, this one. Give little, <laughs> give seldom, and give grudgingly. Hmm. No. Give, oh, no. 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 <laughs> so, yeah. give no. plentifully. Who's going to say yes to that? Wait, give yes. little? Give little, give seldom, give grudgingly when you do give. Oh, no. no. All right. <laughs> Loosen up and let him have a little fun. And that, that can mean in any way, like whether like with his buddies or whatever. Oh, yeah, I mean, I yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we got a yes. We got a yes. Yeah. There you go. There's some yeah. old school. But it could be and let him slash her have a little fun. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Give compliments. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. There we go. And cut back the complaints. No. <laughs> she considered it we for like a moment, moment, but then no. Yeah, we like a moment. I mean, you know, it's like it can be probably annoying when people only complain, but then I think like you shouldn't hold back on your complaints if you've got complaints. Oh, boy, you've you know? got some complaints. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, a- excellent game. <laughs> no, I liked it. I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic. That was a good game. Wait, he's giving you a compliment. Yes. Alex, yes. That's a compliment. Oh, learn right, how to take right. a compliment. So then I am now going to give more. Little. And oh. less grudgingly. Thank you. You're welcome. Fine, that's all I ask. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No, but we, we have a date night every Wednesday, even in quarantine. And we think oh, it's great. so good. And we do, we do highly... Uh, Highly recommend it. It's super fun. We turn where our house into a little. Where do you go? Right. It's just like we sit at this couch, and then uh-huh. we have a bottle. We have a wine subscription service, so there's kind of okay. fancier wines come. Like we lovely and uh, we nice tr- dinner. We actually do a podcast called Date Night, and right. uh, then it, it's only a half hour podcast, so that's kind of fun in a way, even though it's a little bit like work. And then we play one of our board games, which we never, Mm -hmm. I never played a board game in probably 10 years before we started doing this five weeks Mm -hmm. ago. So it is fun. And then we play the newlywed game on TV. So we we play old episodes of the newlywed game. And we're like the fourth contestant. And it's that's, be- so that's cool. become that's incredibly fun. That's a great idea. You've really put yeah. some work into this guy. Yeah. You have to. Well done. And then you have wow. to do hanky panky because then yes, then the the wife wakes up angry in the morning. Otherwise, yes, <laughs> because then it, you're guaranteed to do it once a week. Obviously, <laughs> so I like it. Yeah, I found that something to look forward to in the mm-hmm. week because weekends, when you have children at, at the ages yeah. they are, the weekends aren't anything mm-hmm. to look forward to anymore. And yeah, the only the only yeah. difficult part is Thursday morning. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm a little more irritable because I've because uh, you lost the board game. Yeah. I've yeah. lost the board game, and I've, I've I'm hung over just a little bit on Thursdays yeah. now. Why Wednesday? Why why I mean, midweek? I'm interested because we need a, some midweek to yeah. get our spirits back right. up and to keep us going. Right. Friday's to pizza. To. Friday's pizza night, mm-hmm. and that was all I had. Yeah. But on Monday, to- <laughs> we do that. We do pizza night. Yeah, but not on a Friday. Uh, yeah, it was just too yeah. far away. Monday was just yeah. looking so bleak 
that I needed something mm-hmm. closer to Friday. Yeah. And it's fun. And we we get dressed yeah. up. So like we get dressed up fancy. In fact, this week I have a brand new yeah. new outfit coming. It's like cut down the way all the way to my belly yeah. button. I'm uh, excited about I've it. I've got something special planned well. also, but <laughs> I didn't want to it's say it's going to be a short board game that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 My last, my last question for you too is how do you want to see the paradigm of parenthood change? You know, you're both, you work together, you're parenting together, you're hanging together all the time because it's quarantine. And has that impacted your take on parenthood and raising kids at all? What for other people? No. Sort of how we think it should be? Well, like for, for yourselves or in general, like how, how people view parenthood and relationships. I think, I think again, we're, 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 everyone's in lockdown, so it's all a bit unusual. But hopefully when we're all out of lockdown, the things we talked about, the going out, and as you mentioned in your little quiz there, seeing friends and having a separate <laughs> life as well, I think absolutely works. Um, but I think we've kind of got it. I don't want to, would you change many things? I mean, first of all, I think for us, this isn't very different from normal, apart mm-hmm. from the fact that the kids are home more and homeschooling, because we both work from home anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're used to that sort of like being at home together all day. But I have my office, Mike has his, and, you know, we'll sometimes meet downstairs in the kitchen for like a coffee or mm-hmm. something. But uh, we're used to being on top of each other quite mm-hmm. a bit and having that kind of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, work and life sort of, you know, yeah. intertwine. I mean, I think that for me, what's changed in our relationship a lot and how we've parent it is that we went from that kind of traditional and it really wasn't something we discussed, mm. but we went from that traditional. It was imbalanced mm-hmm. very much at the beginning. The yeah, Mike was at work and I was yeah. at home for two years and then I sort of went back to work, but only part time, but still was doing everything. Mm. And there was there was an imbalance in the relationship yeah. and in our parenting, I think. And it, again, it wasn't anybody's fault. It was just it just happened and we never really spoke about it or talked about it. We just pr- assumed that that's what it was supposed to be like. And then I think things started changing after the twins were just that bit older. And, you know, we came out of that fog and, group, and the it? school WhatsApp group. I think yeah. I told this on, on um, uh, Renee's podcast, I think. But it was that moment where I just went, why am I getting all these WhatsApp messages? Like, why am I the only one who's in charge? I think what happened was I dropped the ball. Right. Like something was forgotten. It wasn't in the diary. And I suddenly realized that even though Mike has always been a totally involved father and he's a great husband and all of that, he was helping me. And I just realized, why is that actually? Mm-hmm. Why is he not also in charge of these things? How is that possible? So then things gradually started changing. And now, now you're barely on the yeah, I, I have no idea what's going on. Like yeah. he runs the diaries <laughs> and everything. We're taking the kids. Uh, I packed everything. Yeah. But the, it has like organically been divided. You know, uh, there's things that I do. There's things that he does. And I would say hand on the heart. Now we're 50, 50 uh, yeah, wow. in everything. You know, in the house, in the mm. in the in the in the parenting, and everything, uh, and that wasn't the case to begin with. It was really a process, and 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 now we're here. And I know for a lot of people, it's not a possibility yeah, because some people yeah. work outside of the home, mm. some people don't work, and there's different uh, ways, you know. But for us, this is where we are at the moment, mm. and it works. No, that's awesome. And Shane, do you have any final question? 
Well, I just wanted to hear about Fucked at 40 mm-hmm. just to give a little promotion. What is Fucked at 40? I feel like I could write a book Fucked at 37, but it might be different than than what your book is all about. I feel like it should be a series. You know, I'll do one every 10 years, Fucked at 50, Fucked at 60, and then just still fuck, fucked, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> still fucked. Um, uh, yeah, well, Fucked at 40 is my book, and it's sort of a memoir, I guess, but it's about like a certain period in my life, which was when I was just over 40 and I had a bit of a health scare, and it kind of prompted me to go out and just like live my life to, you know, to the fullest and not wait for the kids to be 18 and not wait for different things to happen, you know. Um, and I, I, I used to be like this adventurous person who likes risk and I like adrenaline and suddenly I'm a mom covered in banana mash and sort of like with my leggings at home. And, you know, all I, I like my most exciting moment is going to the supermarket without my children, like so much fun. Um, and I just felt like I lost mm-hmm. massive parts mm-hmm. of me in all of that process. So I went and did a whole bucket list of things that I wanted to do to kind of find myself again. And Fucked at 40 is basically a book about that. It's about the bucket list and about where I was, where I ended up after doing the bucket list. And the paperback of the book is coming out now. And it does have an extra episode, uh, chapter about lockdown and vibrators. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. That's the best. And Tova, where can people go to buy the book, get it online, check you guys out online, your podcast, things like that? So the book is available worldwide on Amazon. And I suggest you search it by my name, Tova Lee, and not the title. In, in case you get some uh, weird websites, and porn. Yeah. very kinky porn. Yeah. Unless that's your thing, you in to. which case, totally, yeah, all fair. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, totally little fucking forty. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and everywhere. Uh, Tova underscore Lee. Beautiful. And what about you, Mike? Uh, well, we do a podcast together, don't we? Yes, Till we death do. Till death do us pod. Which is on Spotify. Which is quite, and that's it. Am I, I'm not on social media really. Well, anymore. you are on Instagram. Oh yes, I am on Instagram. What am I Instagram? It's, it's Mike Lee on Instagram. There we are. He put his bio as grocery store, so people don't even know. Yeah, you did. It made me laugh at the time. <laughs> and you have a good following too, Mike. Like, Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> well guys thank you so much for sitting down with us i know it's evening for you thank you so much for spending the evening with us we really appreciate it we had a great time and it did i feel so much better than i did prior to this interview i just i was feeling terrible today yeah i feel a lot lighter so thank you guys you are both so warm and so kind and so easy to talk to so thank you very much for sitting down with us thank you so much for having us on thank you so much have a great evening take care yeah enjoy the week See, so when we finished this interview, like on the day that we recorded it, Shane left the call and he goes, I love Mike. I think I want to be best friends with Mike. And I felt so much that way. Obviously, we felt that way about the both of them. But Shane had like some, you, I feel like you had like some bromance connection with Mike. I just like him. And let's be honest, that was one of the worst days ever for me. I was really feeling February. I was down. I almost did not take part in this interview you right before were like i'm gonna do the interview alone and i was like you are not (laughs) and then i just i had no questions really prepared and i just showed up and it it really turned my mood around so many thanks to them yeah but speaking of a ray of sunshine the speech sisters they're uh very warm and welcoming and fun and everything effervescent effervescent 
Yeah, no, effervescent and honestly so full of great tips. So again, if you have a kid who, if you have a baby, if you have a toddler. Yeah, I think every toddler has some sort of speech thing. Like yeah. whether it's either a lack of vocabulary, a minor stammer or anything. And we just get into when you should worry about it, when you shouldn't, and how you can improve on certain things. So I found it very interesting. But before we get to this interview, Alice, can you tell everyone who we are supported by? We are supported by Mini Miosh. Mini Miosh is a premium, organic, ethically made and sustainable kids and babies clothing company founded and created in Toronto. This is the best kids clothing company on the planet. I'm saying it right now. They believe in quality over quantity and they make the absolute best basics for your kids. I mean, the best, not just in how they look, but in how they feel and how they stand up to washes and time and playing. They're fashionable wardrobe staples that are so soft, so comfy and timeless and can be passed from child to child regardless of gender. Their organic cotton fabrics are knit and dyed locally using GOTS certified organic cotton and low impact non-toxic dyes. And if you want to know what GOTS means, Google it. Mini Miosh is on a mission to leave the planet better off for our little ones than when they arrived on it, and they believe that every little bit counts. So you can find the company online at minimiosh.com or at minimiosh on Instagram and Facebook. Use the promo code thisfamilytree15 for 15% off your order that is so significant. This is available in Canada and the U.S., Again, that is minimiosh.com and this family tree 15. And now let's get to our interview with Bridget and Brooke, the speech sisters. Brooke and Bridget, thank you so much for being here with us today. We are so thrilled to talk to you. So you are the speech sisters. You are actual sisters. You look like sisters. And I was just curious, how do you both get into speech therapy? It's a great question. Um, I'm older by two years. And so I was a special education teacher to start. Okay. And I got really close to the speech therapist that I worked with at the school I was at. And I really liked her job kind of better than mine. So I went back to school for speech and I told Bridget, like she should go to undergrad for it. Uh-huh. So she did. And then, and then I wanted to drive to California from Massachusetts and go live in San Diego and not go to grad school in my early twenties. <laughs> Bridget's like, you need to go to grad school. Yeah. So After she went to grad school, she's like, please, you need to do this. And I finally did it in my mid-20s, and we fell into the same career. And we lived on different coasts. I was here in California. She was back east. And then her husband got transferred out here in 2010. And come 2012, I was like, well, now we're both speech therapists, and we're in the same place, same coast. Let's, uh, Let's start something. So we opened a private practice back in 2012 and have been operating that since. And last year or a couple years ago, two years ago now, um, we decided to start Speech Sisters because we just were having, you know, so many amazing results with families we were working with in our private practice. And we thought, you know what, we can help more families if we, you know, get this information out there. And now the world is, you know, such a digital world that we wanted people to be able to have parents to be able to have their answers at their fingertips. Yeah. And really in the past year, you guys have blown up, like you've blown up like wildfire on the internet. And it's, you know, so helpful, I think. And especially from my perspective, because my kids aren't in school, we're in the pandemic, my kids aren't in daycare, and I'm lacking the resources. So to have you there online, you have courses available, and you're putting out tips every single day. You're reading books. Like today or yesterday, you put out, you know, reading a book, how to make a book come alive. And that kind of like snackable material is so helpful 
for parents. So we have a two and a half year old, almost three, and an eight month old. In the pandemic, it has been such a fear for me. And as this continues to go on, that they're not with peers and they're not learning and being encouraged by other babies and other toddlers how to say certain words. And our our three-year-old is like verbally gifted. She's great with that kind of thing. But I worry about our eight-month-old. How can parents in the pandemic encourage their kids to start talking? Like, you know, at that same kind of baby level. Yeah, it's, it's certainly a challenge. I mean, we get this question all the time. And I think, you know, we, we do what we can and, and what's safe. And, um, you know, for one thing, you as the parent, you play such a big role, probably more important in the last you know year than ever, um, just because you are home and there is a lack of other things going on. And so just really, you know, getting in there, getting down at their mm-hmm. level, playing, simplifying your language. You know, we have all, like you said on Instagram, we give out all these tips all the time of ways that you can, you know, get in there and help. It definitely helps that your eight month old has an older sister Mm -hmm. who she can hear talks was a peer model kind of. Yeah. I mean, I think that we used to get asked all the time and that's kind of like why we started this Instagram and why it is so helpful for parents, especially now that they're home with their babies is they would say, well, your five kids spoke early and we're early communicators because you guys are speech therapists. Like that's why we were like, we, yes, that, that, plays a role, but we don't have superpowers. We just know how to talk to our little ones with the intent of building their language. And we fully believe, and that was our mission, that other parents are completely capable of doing the same thing. And it does play such a big role. And especially now that our little ones aren't around peers as often, we as parents are kind of like stepping in to fill those shoes and kind of practice those things until they are able to generalize them with their peers. Exactly. And I think too, you know, I don't know about where you guys are, but here it has become a little safer to, you know, be outside. And and of course we have the luxury of being able to be outside all year, which is great, but um, we can, our kids can kind of interact from afar with friends and and peers. So I guess just doing what you can in that respect, Mm -hmm. um, one thing we started in the beginning was like play dates with Stella. I don't know if you were able to see any of those on our Instagram, yeah. but Bridget would do an IGTV and, and kind of have Stella and play and people loved it. I was a real, a real life blippy mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I would say, and what's your name? And I'd be like, <laughs> I would just wait for them to interact with the camera. And my husband's like, you're blippy. Like you're like a mom blippy. Like, right. <laughs> Lucy's obsessed with Blippy. She would have flipped for that. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I liked Blippy at first, but he's he's growing on me. He was a little <laughs> annoying at first. But yeah, I my, <laughs> my first question for you might be a little strange, but how important is speech? In other words, let's say we're not actively worrying about Betty, who's our daughter, who's a little bit slower at speech. She's getting to batch like she hasn't really even started babbling that much. If we were to just not worry about it, would she eventually just catch up? And does it really matter if we are actively trying to get her to snap out of it and start chatting? Such a good question. (laughs) Every child's so different, so different. Like they are all their own unique people and they all develop on their own individual path. So you know, there is a range of what is typical and expected. 
And that's why like milestones are in place because a milestone, you know, you go to the doctor and they talk about a milestone, like is your child meeting this number of words at this age really represents what like 90% of that population can do, but it's a range like between a milestone and an average. So it's hard to say, like, it's, it's really hard. Some kids need that extra help and some kids, it just just happens automatically. Exactly. But what we always say to parents is, helping and getting involved, you'll never have a regret doing that. Mm -hmm. So why not? Right. You have nothing to lose by being proactive. So why not? Yes. Mm -hmm. And where your older daughter may have just picked it up and you don't even know how it happened. It just happened. Right. But your, you know, younger daughter, it, she might need a little bit more structure or guidance or handholding to get there. And that's okay. She's eight months old, and maybe yesterday we thought we heard her say dada, but not a lot of babbling going on. Should we be concerned? So we do like for little ones to start babbling by around nine months. Typically, it happens around six months. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, there is a range kind of anywhere from like four to nine months. And it doesn't have to be like a continuous da, 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 ba, 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 you know. Um, But we typically do say if nine months comes around and the child is not babbling yet, um, not that they need speech therapy, but, you know, we bring it up with your pediatrician. Exactly. Yeah. And you may want to, you know, just get in there. There, It could just be a few tweaks of what you're doing or not doing. Like, for example, any little sound she makes, like even if it's not a full babble, if it's just like a buh, you Mm -hmm. could, you know, get face to face with her and just say it back, buh. But, you know, so you should kind of show her how to do it. Even like a squeal, if she's like, ah, then you might want to go, ah, and do it back to her. It's kind of getting that back and forth, that cause and effect. Mommy or daddy does that back to me. And I like that. And that's going to make me want to do it again. And we kind of cover that in our infant course, in our Mm -hmm. our talk on track course. It's all about helping your little one kind of move up what we call those noisy steps, because a baby's not going to go from just not vocalizing to saying words. They start vocalizing, they start cooing, then those coos move into babbles, then those babbles move into different sounds and word approximations, and then into words. It's a process and you can help them along that process. Mm -hmm. Now, when I had children initially, I thought, and this wasn't wise of me, I thought, I'm just going to not go to baby talk. I'm going to talk always in my normal speaking voice. But then I I, I started researching with you, and there was this word that I'm probably going to butcher right now, parentis? Yes. Is that like, what what is that? Like, I know, but just to explain to our listeners. So parent ease is a kind of a high pitched, exaggerated speaking style that we use with our little ones. And some people do call it baby talk, but it's different from baby talk in that it's grammatically correct. So it's okay to, you know, speak in this tone. It's actually beneficial, but you always want to make sure you're using correct grammar. Mm -hmm. Right. And the reason why parentese is so beneficial is what it does is it grabs your little one's attention. And once you have their attention, it leads to more language learning opportunities. So it's kind of, you know, I see your nose. I'm going to get your nose. And to Brooke and I, it comes so naturally. Like, I think we literally, like, we were just born to do baby talk. I will probably do do parentese with my children until they're like, in high school and they're not going to love it. 
<laughs> but it just, it helps and it grabs that attention. It really, really does work, but it's not natural to everybody. So no. So I need to get over myself and just not be self-conscious and go for it. You don't have to walk like down the halls of Target being like, yeah, I'm going to get you. At home, behind closed doors, give it a, give it a try. Yeah. And okay. I think, I think you should be more comfortable with it because it's, it's still grammatically correct. Right. Which is kind of the worry. Like yeah. baby talk is just annoying yeah. anyway, yeah. but I think parenties, it, it could be normal, but like, you know, Shane was mentioning about, she possibly said dada and she really only started babbling more in the last like two weeks. But when, when can I count it as a word? Like when does the babble go to an actual, that's her first word. It's a great question. We talk about this a lot too. So in order for it to really be counted as a word, it needs to be said intentionally, like with meaning independently so that she's not just repeating it after you Mm -hmm. and also consistently so that it's not just one time, right? It's happened so that you can really tell that she's like looking at you and saying, Dada, you know, and you know, maybe the first couple of times you'll be like, oh, I don't know, was it? But if she continues to do it, then it's it's a word. And you'll know because they'll be like, your child might be looking at you or like reaching toward you, doing that, kind of gesturing at you, trying to get your attention. We have an awesome IGTV on Instagram. It's how to get your baby to say mama. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dad. <laughs> but <laughs> the strategies, there's four tips in there and they can totally be used for dads as well. Yes. Yeah. I'd say like 98% of our following is moms. So like we made it for moms, but we should, we need to make one for the daddies too. Well, also most kids just say dad first. first, So, okay. I didn't know that. That was my next question. Jimmy Fallon's book is he, so we have two of his books. One is everything is mama. And the other one is your baby's first word will be dada. Mm -hmm. The only reason why I know that fact is because of his book. Exactly. So if I'm trying to teach Betty how to say dada to avoid poking our heads in his office while he's working all the time, what's a way I can familiarize her with like what and who Dada is? Sure. If there's any pictures in your house of Dada. Oh, they're everywhere. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) None of her. (laughs) A big portrait. (laughs) Yes. I painted it. We, I mean, if daddy is around, you can practice a little bit while he's around. We like to do the blanket game. So daddy will hide under the blanket. And then when you pop out, you say dada, and then you'll put the blanket back on and you do dada. And if you do that enough, you're going to put that blanket on and she's going to say dada. Um, Cause she's going to want you to pop out. She yes. wants that cause and effect. Yeah, exactly. Also just in asking the question, where's Dada? And then pointing to the picture or pointing mm-hmm. to Dada to actually like put meaning to the word. Right. And with with our daughter, Lucy, although she is a great speaker, she has a, a stammering issue. It, it, I don't know if it's major or minor, but it, it's at sometimes it can go on for a minute or two. Now, is there any strategies? Am, am I supposed to fill in her words? Because what I've been doing is just waiting it out. Perfect. Yes, you're doing the right thing. So, you know, I think we call it here in the U.S., we call it stuttering. But I know in like the U.K. and in Canada, they call it stammering. So they same are thing. exactly the same thing. Oh, okay. Oftentimes, we see this so often, actually. Children will start stuttering or stammering at an early age when they're starting to get 
a lot of words and starting to put mm-hmm. those words together conversationally. Um, it's kind of like a language explosion is happening. Their brain is moving really fast and their mouth like isn't ready for the speed that the brain is working at, resulting in what sounds like a stutter or a stammer. In some cases, it can be true stuttering, but in many, many cases, it's just kind of like the process of catching the mouth and articulators up with the speed of the brain. What you're doing is totally right. You want to just give your child time. You want to minimize talking pressure. Uh, You want to give your child the floor and not speak over them. You don't want to rush them and just let them work through it. And usually they work through that independently and they'll get through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, that's good. And that's what it seems like. It seems like she's like so excited to say something. And that's mm-hmm. when she kind of gets caught up in it. But like Shane was saying, it can last for a long time. And we're just sitting there kind of biding our time. Luckily, and we have time right now. So we've got all of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, one thing that she often does, too, and I, I'm, I'm so curious about toddlers and enunciation. So, you know, Shane gets on me. He makes fun of me, and it's a pet peeve. He recently said that I really uh, emphasize overpronounce yeah. my T. So we have Betty as our younger one, and Lucy, would you like some water? Because Lucy, she'll go, Mom, give me. Can I? Can I have some water? Water? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Water? Water? And I'm really trying to drill that in her head, but just saying it, I don't know if that's enough. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. yeah. What you're doing is great for her right now, really emphasizing the sound that she's missing. It is really common for toddlers to not speak perfectly. So it's really a, a, you know, kind of a development of when their sounds will come in and there are earlier developing sounds and there are later developing sounds. And so, um, actually that sort of baby talk that that children really do do that's normal and usually up until a certain age and then a sound should come into play but for example you know a sound like t like the t in water you know yes you can emphasize that and that's a great way to to get her to understand the sound you can also really show her like what you're doing with your mouth when you make that sound if she can look at you and pay attention that helps too mm-hmm. but it is really common and then maybe he should start overemphasizing too, right? I, I do overemphasize. You know, what I was saying was you overemphasize with me. Well, because uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, it happened. I mean, it happened. Okay, yeah. Trying to model things. Okay, <laughs> I know, I know how to say the teaser. But when when should parents be worried about pronunciation with their toddlers? Like, what's normal, and when do we maybe seek some outside help? Yeah. So there's certain ages like Brooke was talking about. So the specific sounds should be mastered by different ages and they're all over the map. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a great Instagram post and I believe a blog on our website um, showing when all of those sounds should be mastered. So if your little one isn't meeting certain sounds by the age in which they should be mastered, definitely reach out to a speech pathologist. But there's another kind of like piece to this pronunciation puzzle, which are called, and this is kind of going to be over parents' heads, but it's called phonological processes. And what that means, uh, it's it's natural ways that children simplify speech, okay? It's not really looking at a specific sound. It's more a habit that a pattern. a pattern that a child will present with to make or simplify speech, to make it a bit easier for them to say. So star might be tar or oh, yeah. dog might be da 
and they're not saying that final sound, or maybe they're taking a beginning sound out or whatever it is. And there's all these little patterns and they're all developmentally appropriate up until a certain age. And those are called phonological processes. And there's a bunch of them. And those are also kind of all over the map. So you can check out our, our resources and look at those phonological processes. If your child is not meeting uh, one of those processes by the age in which it should be mastered, then we recommend reaching out to a speech pathologist. I would say for the most part, the majority of these processes or these errors are eliminated by around three and a half, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So just as a general idea. Mm -hmm. They start, yeah, they yeah. start around then. If you're, you know, hearing a lot of those errors, like coming up to four, then we recommend reaching out to somebody. Yeah. And then there's harder sounds that to do, like later developing sounds like R. R is a difficult right. sound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the latest ones that will come in, sometimes not until, oh, you know, five. five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now, depending on the kids, sometimes I really like a lisp. Sometimes it annoys me. I'm like, okay, that's too cutesy. But sometimes I do like a lisp on a child. But when does that become a problem? And it's like, okay, we got to get rid of the lisp. And how do you do that? So that's so I was going to say that too. S is another later developing sound, not quite as late as R, but maybe more around four. Some kids get S at two, you know, some just have it. A lisp. So a lisp can be caused, it is caused from a tongue thrust, right? So your, your tongue is actually thrusting out uh, past your teeth or in between your teeth. And that's how you get that lispy sound. This can happen for many different reasons. Oftentimes it's because a child has sucked on a pacifier or a thumb or a bottle for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. And their tongue is moving in a way at which it shouldn't move, but that's because it's used to this sucking, this, this outward, yeah, protrusion. Um, then again, you have children that have lisps that have never sucked on anything except, you know, it, you know, past a year old. And so Wait, would breastfeeding count there? So if it goes on for a long, long time, and if it's all the time, right? Like, so it, it's really just like this constant, if it's a constant sucking on anything, really it passed a certain amount. Mm -hmm. Obviously when babies are little, like you feed them all the time and that yes. is completely fine. Yes. Um, it's really more like, you know, once it gets closer to two and like three, three yeah. you know, getting a little bit into those older ages, they just get in, into the habit. The tongue forms a habit of protruding forward, but like Rick said, like it doesn't always have to be related to that. We have some kids who were like, you know, we'll meet or uh, assess and we'll be sure that they were sucking something. And parents are like, no, we stopped breastfeeding at 18 months and that you know, was that it. was it. Yeah. We're like, huh, interesting. So it is kind of all over the map, but those kids do benefit from articulation therapy and just, you know, working on those S and Z sounds to kind of get the tongue to stay behind the teeth. Yeah. Is it ever too late? Like the jello has set and it's like, now I'm 40 with a lisp. <sighs> So people do, kids, children, and adults, of course, do become stuck kind of in these patterns. And we see it mostly with S's and R's. Those are probably the two most difficult sounds to remediate. And the reason is, is that once you, this pattern has been going for an extended period of time, it can be hard to kind of remediate it and readjust the, the muscle pattern, but it's not, you know, it, with the proper treatment, it can be remediated. 
speech therapists are kind of for those older populations kind of going even beyond just traditional speech therapy and they're starting to give their clients what is called orofacial myofunctional therapy which is really dipping into like certain tongue exercises and lip exercises to retrain the tongue into a proper posture so it's not just like drill articulation therapy. It's kind of working on that root of the problem, eliminating that habit. Yeah. Oh, so. interesting. Mm -hmm. So I was reading up on your page and you were talking about communication frustration. So I'd like to touch on this. So what is communication frustration and how can parents, you know, help decrease it? Because I, I get a lot of people asking me what I do with my kids, but I'm no expert. So I want to talk to you guys about that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so it happens. It's common. Even when a child can talk, it still happens. Yeah. I mean, I think that like we as speech therapists, we want to always tell parents like we don't want our children to get super frustrated. And we definitely want don't want to put talking pressure on them when they are frustrated because that's just going to have the reverse effect. And then your child's going to think, okay, I don't want to do this. This is not fun. So our approach is trying to minimize talking pressure so that that frustration isn't there and communication is fun and you get your child to communicate by being a little bit more fun and reducing that pressure. So right. kind of being more play-based, using fun words and noises yeah. um, to kind of start. And that would be like it, when a child doesn't have a lot of words yet, right? But for a child that does have words, but they're just very difficult to understand, that's a different type of communication frustration. Um, and maybe even more so for the child because they're actually attempting to say something and the you as the parent are like, I don't understand you. Um, and so in times like that, we, you know, you use your best guess. We say, give a choice, like, is it this or this? We'll say, can you show me? So, you know, even if it means picking up your child, show me, where are we going? What is it? You know? And sometimes like when all else fails, you just say to them, I'm so sorry. I don't understand. I'm not sure what you want right now, but maybe yeah. we could try again later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take your best guess. Yeah. You know, see what your child's looking at, what they're reaching toward, eye gaze, all of those body cues. Yeah. I find it difficult as her vocab increases. So like last night before bedtime, Lucy, Shane makes her a fort in her bed every night and she goes to sleep in this fort, mm -hmm. but she was crying. So I went up after he put her to bed and she's going, mommy, make me, make me a store, a store. And I'm like, what, what is she saying? And I was trying to ask her and I was like, do you mean this? Do you mean this? And she goes, no, no. And she started to get so worked up because she was telling me and she was looking right at me and telling me, and I was looking at her and I couldn't understand her. I felt like shit. Like I felt like so guilty about it and I felt so sad, but she wanted me to make her a stool and I didn't even really know that word was used really by her like I hadn't really heard her talk about it and you know but at the time there was no figuring that out mm -hmm. right. so like a context for it yeah so when they get like so worked up about something like that and it's like a new word we just kind of put it off I mean it, it if you can't can't figure out what it is. I think you can try for a certain amount of time. And then if, if, when you get to past that point of mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you don't know, mm -hmm. and they're not, you know, they're really unhappy. Mm -hmm. You kind of do redirect. Yeah. 
because it will come up again, you know, I mean, in time, maybe the next day, maybe mm-hmm. a few hours later, if it's something that they really need or want, it will maybe come up in a different context and then you might get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She, she blows my mind. Like yesterday, I, I couldn't understand stool yet. Then today she's telling me a story and she goes, and the caterpillar was exhausted. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you go? <laughs> how do you go from that oh, to wow. keep not saying stool? And it was, yeah. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. What's a common misstep that parents are making that they think is helpful, but that's actually not? Mm, That's a great question. I think one of the biggest things is we are told as parents, talk to your babies, talk to your children, your toddlers. The more you talk, the more they learn. And that is so true. But not all talk is created equally. Um, Again, for some kiddos, you can talk to them like another adult and you can go on and on and on and use these long sentences and they will pick up what you're talking about. But for a lot of kids that doesn't work and they actually pick up more when you simplify your language. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big misconception because, or it's just really not clear. We're told to talk to our children, but we're not told how to talk to our children. Yeah. I think that that's a great point. And I even have like a different perspective or a different take on it. Like, I think there's so many different answers you could have here. One thing that we find that parents do quite a bit is you ask a lot of questions to your child. (gasps) What's that? What's the dog say? Where's daddy? And like, you are just like rapid fire questions Mm -hmm. at your child. And sometimes that deters a child from talking. They're like, okay, I'm out of here. And your child will make a beeline. So we talk about minimizing the number of questions that you ask your child. It's super important to ask your child questions, but not too many questions. You want to alternate questions and comments. So for like every one question you ask your child, let's say you're reading a book and you say, what's that? And it's the moon. Then you might want to say, there's the cow. The cow is going to jump over the moon. And that moon is yellow then you can go to another question. Right. Okay. That makes sense. And what what are your thoughts on pee-pee and poo-poo as words? (laughs) We're all for pee-pee and poo-poo. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. The reason why P is an early developing sound, P, B, and M are three of the most, you know, the earliest developing sounds. They're called bilabial sounds. So they're easy for our little ones to say. And also we like to start with like small word shapes. So just like a consonant plus a vowel or a vowel and a consonant or a consonant, vowel, consonant, vowel, which would be pee, pee and poo, poo. Right. So those are like perfect words that fit into our category and also words that get needs and wants met. And that's something that our kids have to communicate with us, you know, whether they need a diaper change or we're potty training and they have to be taken to the potty. So yes, 100% all the way. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, talking about those needs and communicating those needs, when you have an infant with, or, you know, a baby with a limited vocabulary, what about using gestures and what's the importance of using gestures? Gestures are so important. Really, ultimately in the beginning, actually, when they're, you know, when we do have our babies, gestures are important too for getting them to understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying it's big, you know, you want to show them big, you want to actually show them with your hands, you want to make that, that sign or that gesture so that they understand what you're saying. It kind of brings more meaning to the word. Mm -hmm. And, and it can act like it can help increase their vocab, right? 
Absolutely. Yes. Sometimes if a word is too difficult for them to say, they will just pick up that gesture or sign and do that, you know, before they can say the word basically. So it's very common for babies to start signing before they can say the word, if that's something that you teach them. I I didn't even know that you could teach babies sign really. And then, you know, after I had Lucy and she was just so good with language that I, I didn't even really think of it of it. But now with Betty, because she is less gifted with language than Lucy was, I'm wondering if I should start to teach her. And am I too late? Can I introduce a sign at eight months? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's actually a great time. Mm -hmm. Um, So you just want to always make sure that you're pairing the sign with the word, because again, that's adding meaning to the word. And that way she's both hearing the word and seeing the sign and she can try either one. She could try the word or, or the sign or do both. We focus on Talk on Track, the the um, course that, you know, for babies, um, younger babies, we focus a lot on functional and iconic signs. So functional meaning uh, signs that will help get your needs and want met, like more. And then iconic signs, meaning that these signs almost represent the word, like you're acting it out. So like eat, it actually looks, if you're signing eat, like you're bringing your hand up to your mouth, it looks like you are eating something um, or and drink or drink. Yeah. And that yeah. helps add meaning to the word too. And the research shows, you know, teaching baby sign language, it actually can really help a little one communicate verbally. It does not deter them from using language. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, because she she is where my worries are right now with language. Lucy, I'm more worried about now, like letter recognition and things like that. She sings her ABCs, but now we're working on recognizing letters. But then she has, you know, the patience of a two and a half year old. So she's down there for 30 seconds and then gone. But with Betty, because I'm high risk. So our family is not able to go anywhere. We're not able to see other kids. So it gets so difficult. And I wasn't worried about Betty's socialization because I didn't think it would last this long. But now it's looking like people in Canada, you guys are rolling out vaccines quicker than we are, but I don't think we'll be able to get vaccinated until like September. So it's, it's really worrisome to me, her language and, you know, just wanting to wanting to kind of encourage that. And I had somebody else write in and ask me, they're 19 month old. They said, I want to get this right, is still only making gibberish and animal sounds. And at that point, because they're worried, similar in a situation like me where they can't go out, should they be concerned? So at 19 months, so the the milestone, so kind of going back to to that, you know, is your child meeting the milestone or are they follow, falling in between where the average is and the milestone is? We like to see anywhere between 10 and 50 words at a, a, around 18 months. So the it can include signs. Signs do count. So if your child is just doing this, it, it counts as a word. And animal sounds actually can count too. Yes. Or fun exclamatory words, like words like whoa, or boom, or oh, you can count those as words. So long as your child is using that word or animal sound independently, intentionally, and consistently. So kind of falling back into that category. But like Brooke said, that the those are the expressive language milestones. So 
we kind of call that in between that milestone, like 10 words and the average 50 words, we call that like the expected range. And you can see kids falling, you know, behind the within and even above that range. It's kind of all over the map, but if they're falling anywhere within that range or above, yeah. you know, it's not call for concern. Exactly. Um, and everything else is developing on on target. Yeah. And one thing that we would always ask like a, you know, person like this, we would say, is your baby under, or is your toddler understanding language? You know, how well do they understand? Do they, do they respond to their name? Can they follow basic commands, things like that? So that's really important too. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to get a full picture of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And how often, cause I know parents just from experience, you know, are so quick to jump to conclusions. It's like, oh my God, my, you know, my eight month old isn't speaking in fluent sentences yet are, you know, do they have something wrong with them? Do they need help in this situation? How often is language delay or problems with, you know, speaking or vocabulary, uh, symptomatic of something else? Oh, I know. It's hard to say. Like, it's hard to give that a number um, or like quantify it, yeah. I guess. It often mm-hmm. can. It can. You know, it, it, it is part of larger global delays. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly the child does have a, a bigger developmental delay or cognitive delay language will be affected. Mm -hmm. So, and specifically receptive language. So they're understanding. So this is why we as therapists always look at both areas. So there's receptive language, which is your understanding. And then there's expressive, which is the verbal output. We, it's very important to look at both pieces and social language too, which is kind of like the third component. So if you're you know, assessing a child and they're having deficits in that social area, you know, sometimes we wonder, could that, they're not looking at you, kind of running off, not really engaged, no joint attention, then, you know, sometimes you can look at potentially someone on a child on the spectrum having autism. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always important to look at the whole child and get that full picture of the child. Okay. Now, obviously, everyone should follow speech sisters. I'm sure whether your child's having problems or not, they should follow you. But when is it time to say, hey, I need to take the course? Mm -hmm. Right. So great question. And I think we say to parents that it's great to do it kind of proactively Mm -hmm. just to know, like, how should I talk to my child? What should I be doing from the time they're babies? So we have a a course for parents of babies, and then we have a course for parents of toddlers. Our toddler course, it prior, we're actually changing the name of it next week because as speech therapists, when we named it working with mainly children who were delayed in speech, we were like, well, let's call this the late talker course. And we launched it and we've helped thousands of families who have gotten this course, but we were like, um, we used all of these strategies with our own kids who were like uh, even above average with their language skills. There's no reason why families can't use this as a proactive measure. And we kept getting questions like, well, it's just for late talkers. So we are changing the name of our course to time to talk toddler course, because it really is for all toddlers when it is time to talk. We're just passionate about parents knowing how to communicate with the intent of building their child's language, help your little one meet those communication milestones, because it's not just 
what goes on early on, like these skills carry on into those academic years, mm-hmm. these skills, this language that you're building, the research shows that like it impacts a child's uh, performance at school, their yeah. academics, their reading, their comprehension. So we're just so passionate about it. We know the research and we just, we want all children to be put at that advantage. And we feel like it's pretty easy. What parents yeah. can do is just a matter of getting it out there and empowering them because so many parents don't realize it or don't know, you know, and it really is kind of that foundation for all that's to come. And, but what we do always say is that if a child, that's why we talk so much about milestones, because if a child is not meeting the milestones, the most important thing is to really go to your pediatrician and, or a speech and language pathologist to be evaluated. Uh, The course can also be used in conjunction with therapy. So it gets a great tool for parents who have children that are getting therapy, especially in the last year, these kiddos, a lot of them been getting therapy on over zoom, which like is a 16 month old getting zoom therapy. It's like, Oh, not as, effective, um, you know, not as effective. It's very hard. And so in cases like that, the course has, has been fabulous because it's really hand holding the parent and showing them what they can do. Okay. Bridget and Brooke, we're just going to take a quick break to let everyone know who we are supported by Mabel's labels frustrated by their children's things, getting lost, mixed up and leaving home never to return. Julie Cole and three other mom friends knew they could do better than just scribbling their kids' names on masking tape. From there, the idea for a new product was born. The very best personalized waterproof name labels and tags that are equally cute and adorable. Now these aren't just stickers you're slapping on your kids' things with their names on it. These are as durable as Stretch Armstrong. That is a great analogy. Maple's Labels is an award-winning market-leading company and They're loved by moms and kids alike. Lucy loves them because the labels are adorable. You can customize them to, you know, your kid's liking. Lucy helped the process and she had so much fun choosing what little design she wanted on them. But Lucy's not the one spending her cold, hard cash on it. Why do you love them, Alex? (laughs) I love them, honestly, because they are just so durable and you can use them for so many things. They have lines that feature baby bottle labels, allergy and medical alert products, sports labels, household labels, and seasonal items. And then they're just so durable like Shane said like Stretch Armstrong but they're laundry dishwasher and microwave safe and they're 100% guaranteed that's huge it's amazing you don't believe us throw in the microwave it's guaranteed <laughs> so head on over to mableslabels.ca to start creating your very own labels and use the promo code thisfamilytree15 for 15% off your order they deliver internationally and offer free standard shipping in Canada and the US again that's mableslabels.ca and promo code thisfamilytree15 but we are also supported by Hello Bello Being a parent is hard, like really hard. So when you go to get diapers to prevent the next eventual blowout, finding a diaper that's absorbent and soft without spending a fortune shouldn't be just as tough. Co-founded by Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard, Hello Bello is built on the simple idea that all babies deserve the best, which is why they offer premium baby products at affordable prices. And everything is the best. We're not just saying that. Again, this is another company. We went after them. We said, we need to have you on board. They said, no. I said, please. Then they said, fine. (laughs) And honestly, their diaper bundling service is one of just the most convenient things. They deliver the diapers right to our door, different sizes, and you get to choose other products that you want in your bundle. So each bundle comes with seven packs of diapers, four packs of plant-based wipes, and then one full-size product freebie with your first order. Plus, you can get 15% off of any add-ons like the bubble bath, the wipes, diaper ash cream, whatever it is. Everything is so 
amazing. I know what you're thinking. 15%, that's great thing. Wait till you hear the percentage you get off at the end. So to get Hello Bellow's super soft, super absorbent, and super affordable diapers delivered right to your door, go to hellobello.ca and use the promo code thisfamilytreat30 for 30% off your diaper bundle order. That's a huge bang for your buck and a lot of potential blowout saved. This is not a drill, and I'm going to repeat it. That's hellobello.ca, promo code thisfamilytree30 to start bundling with 30% off your first order. Again, that's hellobello.ca, promo code thisfamilytree30. And sorry, Americans, but this promo is applicable to those living in Canada only. But now let's get back to our interview with Brooke and Bridget of the Speech Sisters. You know, in our situation, and a lot of people we know, we're watching TV during quarantine more than we typically would and more than we thought we were going to feel comfortable with. So if our kids have to watch TV, do you have any recommendations for shows that can actually help them and not just fry their brain? Oh, absolutely. There's so many good shows. There are there. so many good shows. And I am actually, I've spent like the last four weeks like pouring my heart and soul into a blog called like simplifying screen time struggles because it's it's just Brooke and I are, you know, we know all the research. Yeah. We know the AAP guidelines, but we're also like, we're moms and we (laughs) work, we run two companies and we're living in a pandemic. And like, this is hard. This is hard. So like we just empathize and we get it. We're like kind of trying to put the facts out there, but also like be straight shooters and get real. But what it comes down to is being mindful about what the recommendations and guidelines are, right? What they are from the AAP. And then also looking at the programming, which they recommend high quality programming, meaning shows like the number one show that we like is like Daniel Tiger, like a very high quality program. Word Party is a great one. That's on Netflix. Um, that's on Netflix. on Netflix. Yeah. Bluey. Um, yeah, I love, we love Bluey. Bluey. Yeah, yeah. Yay. <laughs> Those are all like what they consider high quality programs. And we're going to have like this master list. Yeah. They say that prior to two, they recommend co-viewing with your child. Uh, that would be sitting down and actually like watching the show with them so that there can be some sort of interaction or conversation about what they're seeing on screen. Now, my take on this, and I, I don't, I'm like, don't quote me on it. <laughs> it's kind of hard to do that every time, right? We're, we're parents, like we got to do the dishes, we got to cook dinner. So that's maybe, why the TV's on. Right, exactly. Right. right. So Maybe you sit down with your child for a couple times while you're watching this one episode of Bluey and you talk it out and you're labeling things. Look, look at what Bluey's doing there. He's, you know, jumping on the trampoline and he's going so high and you're adding a lot of language. Do this a couple times. Like the next time your child watches that, in their mind, they're going to think there's Bluey jumping on the trampoline, just like daddy said, or just like mommy said. Um, So it's just kind of giving them language and you know, early on too, watching shows like Coco Melon. I don't know if you guys have some of those like YouTube yeah. kid channels. You watch Coco Melon. We love super simple songs. Yeah. What else? Um, but those are awesome to cope you with Sesame your Street. Yes. Elmo. Okay. Yeah. Because some, some of the singing ones really grind my gears, but I can get it's behind Sesame Street. Yeah. I know. It's but the I, children. The children. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I I hear you. I my child loved Peppa Pig so much that yes. she started talking in a British the accent when she was three. So <laughs> yes. that's, that's funny. When it became a little too much. Uh, <laughs> but yes, they you know we'll, we'll hopefully get this out really soon. I think it's going to be just a great compilation of of shows that are really good. I also really love the shows that will, and my kids are a little bit older now, so I maybe you're better in terms of which shows are great, but the ones that throw questions out there, yeah, like like Dora the Explorer used to do that. Yes. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, Lucy loves that. Yeah. That's her favorite. So that's great. Yep. Yep. Blues Clues. Like those are all high quality programs that Mm -hmm. they interact with the child. Like Blippi. I mean, Blippi does that too. Yep. Yes. As annoying as he is, <laughs> yeah, he's grown. He he's grown on me though. Yeah. Uh, my last question has to do with other languages. Now, Canada is supposedly a bilingual country, although I've never met anyone who can speak French fluently. In, in <laughs> Quebec, they they probably do. But is that going to be overwhelming if you uh, put your child into a French immersion school? Or is that very helpful in developing language skills? Very helpful. Uh, All the research shows that exposing your child to more than one language does not cause any delays, disorders, nothing like that. Your child should still meet the communication milestones. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what? But it's actually helpful. It's it's not not only is it not a hindrance. It's helpful. Well, it's helpful in that they'll, you know, they're exposed to two different languages. It's more, it's a gift. You know, we always say it's a gift. I mean, Um, they do say like cognitively and raising IQs, it can have, you know, the research shows that it can have those advantages and benefits. So there's that, which is amazing. But just being bilingual is just, oh. Yeah, it's very cool. I wish I could give that gift to my children. Okay. All right. She's going in French immersion. (laughs) (laughs) Before I, you know, get to your socials, check out one of my favorite shows just because it's, I find it so calming. It's called Puffin Rock. It's on Netflix Uh, in Canada. Love Puffin Rock. Okay. I I, I was going to ask for your take on it because it's very relaxing. It's so relaxing. That that music in the beginning. So great. Yes. Yes. But the the picture too. It's so good. My youngest is, he just turned six. He's, it's been his favorite show for two years. He's That's still, yeah. it, it's his favorite. And I love the narrator's voice. Yeah. It's the the police officer from Bridesmaids. Yeah. And would that be, would that be considered high quality? Yes. I think that's perfect. It's, it's not another thing to, this is a whole other thing, but also like visuals are big too. Um, and that one is like visually pretty simple mm-hmm. yeah. and it's not interactive, but that's okay. They're not all going to be interactive. Puff and Rock, I think would be great. Amazing. Amazing. And ladies, you know, the listeners are going to learn so much from this conversation. And if they want to check out more, if they want to check out your courses, where can they go to do all that? So you can go to our website, speechsisters.com. And then also, you know, come see us on Instagram. Speech Sisters. Yeah. And we have everything there. I mean, we give, like you mentioned before, daily tips and tricks of what you can be doing at home with your little ones, babies and toddlers kind of, you know, we just want to make it simple and easy for parents. Like we don't want you to have to go out of your way. We want to make the, these things that you do like part of your everyday routines. Yeah. You don't need to carve out time in your day to do speech therapy. You are embedding 
all of this into your daily routines, like Brooke said, that you're already doing and just helping build your child's language without, and and not having to think about it. Like it just becomes second nature to you. Mm -hmm. No. And you honestly, you are so good at doing that and, you know, giving us ways to just make these everyday habits. And I, that's why you're so successful. That's why I love following you. And we wish you all the best in everything that you have coming up. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Take care, ladies. Nice to meet you. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. You too. They are honestly such a team. And I was kind of hoping at the end of that interview, I was like, Betty and Lucy can kind of grow up and start a business together one day. And it just gave me all these nice thoughts because I think it was such a warm interview. And again, I just, I respect anybody who comes to the table with a lot of knowledge and that they absolutely did. Bet on lose beauty salon i don't know (laughs) beauty salon i don't know lucy put makeup on shane today for the first time and now she's gonna be a beautician i didn't think she was that good yeah you said i look like dave navarro which has me walking on air a little bit right now after a heroin bender alex (laughs) you could just say current age because he's a little bit older but (laughs) heroin bender all right um thrown off a little bit okay but now we are at the end section this is the mailbag segment the listener question segment alex has gotten a slew of questions she's curated them answered some of them and i'm just along for the ride and i'm very excited to hear what you got yeah i love the questions tonight uh so first one i think here's the thing i think some of these are unconventional and they're, they're just fun it was a good selection prove it first question does unconditional Uh oh pickle breath Sorry, I'm sorry. I'll get through this. Shane, I mean, I'm the you, one with I waves know. of nausea. Okay, <clears throat> first question. I'm getting nauseous now. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go, go. Does, uncondition- does unconditional love really exist? Shane, quick answer. Yes. Okay, so unconditional love, you know, simply put, is just love without any strings attached. It's the love you offer freely. Like I know in the Catholic school system, I remember in high school, this we grew up and this was called agape love like we had to study all the different types of love so it's compassionate love so this i think is the easiest way to describe like the love that you have for your children right and my sister i see i don't know i don't know if it would extend to a sibling oh it does for sure like if tiff was a monster and you know for me it does See, I think it would for me too but i just i can hate someone and love someone yeah, but at the so, same time. a lot of people hate their siblings yeah, but I think they love them too. I think if their sibling were to pass, they would feel like terrible dread. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, so I think maybe family members, Pe- right? People can hate their kids too. I don't know. Can they? Yeah. You, I've heard of like weird stories of parents like snubbing them, snuffing them out or whatever. Oh, Shane, don't make me cry. You know I can't deal with this stuff. I can't deal with it. Well, you asked the question and I'm just answering. Uh, maybe they did it out of love. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So anyhow... Really, unconditional love is the love that you have for your family members. And I think if everybody was to kind of take a look around, give it a think, that's what you'd come up with. But what about romantically? So in my mind, I'm like, well, that sounds nice. And that's what I would want to strive for. But I don't know that it actually exists. And I found a couple articles. What's that? For me, it does. For you, it does? Do you love me unconditionally? Yes. I cheated on you with your best friend. You would still love me. I would be mad, but I would uh, get over it once I went on a bender. 
I was just gonna say one yeah, night at sundowners. That, I'd uh, but make all up that for it. toxicity would equal and probably us not loving each other anymore, though. Well, we just had an interview with a very fascinating guest. That's true. Who went through this? Sophie Jaffe. Sophie Jaffe. Look out for that interview. That's all I'll say. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, you know, when it comes to romantic love, unconditional love, and this is found from a psychologist article I found, it can't exist because there's no such thing as unconditional attraction. We're attracted to certain people based on certain conditions that must be in place, and thus we love on certain conditions as well. So the whole idea of unconditional love and the one, I say in air quotes, is bogus according to this psychologist because you should want conditions and you need conditions and like you asking me earlier if i would have felt the same way about you if you showed up with an eyebrow ring that's a condition Uh, that i don't know you would have met right right now i have conditions where it's like oh i want you to be helping out with the kids and Mm -hmm. uh, being kind but let's say you get hit by a bus and all you're just totally immobile yeah but that's not my fault I know, but the conditions have changed. All my expectations, and although it wasn't your fault, it still happened. And the the things, my expectations and the things I want and expect of you, you can now not perform Mm. those things. I still love you. I'd still be with you. See, so like unconditional love is wanting the absolute best for that person without needing anything yourself. Yes. Right? And if you decided to leave me for another man after getting hit and being immobile, I would accept that. What if and I, I would was, still love you. Okay, what if I was not immobile and I left you for another man and I was like, Shane, you're not doing it for me anymore. And I went off with, I don't know, Yeah, like I, Jason I, Momoa. I don't care. You don't care? You, you wouldn't like see the jealousy? I'd be like, way, if it was, honestly, Jason Momoa is such a sex symbol, I could, I could understand <laughs> it. If it was Danny DeVito, I'd be like, okay, this isn't someone who's considered this like a desirable person. Okay, I left you for Larry David. Well, he, I, I, I see it. Yeah, I would understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I like him. Okay, okay. Rudy Giuliani. Alex, that'd be so weird. Like, yeah, and that's I would the thing. Understand. And then you'd be wondering every day, how do I not measure up to Rudy Giuliani? And I'd put you through hell, and then you'd be trapped in an emotional prison of torment. Yeah, I don't know if I like him personally, but he does have a certain swag. And he does? No, of course not. <laughs> of course he doesn't. My point is made. Now, could you continue? All right, all right. Unconditional love. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad that I can inspire those feelings in you. And don't get me wrong. You do inspire those feelings in me. And I do like to think that I would love you unconditionally. But I'm also very jealous. Next question. Do you have any recommendations for a wedding in a pandemic? Any creative or unique ideas and touches? So my first suggestion, I mean, if you're down for it, elope. Get the heck out of there and go spend all your wedding money on some like amazing once in a lifetime vacation with your partner have the best time ever like go do something that you wouldn't normally do go to the Maldives and rent out one of those awesome like water hut hotel rooms with a water slide going into the ocean you know yeah I say f the wedding go on an amazing trip and just I don't know do it after I don't understand why like get married in the easiest convenient way possible and then have the celebration later on like when the restrictions are lifted. Yeah, when the restrictions mm-hmm. are lifted. I guess if you can't wait, 
I don't a Zoom wedding. Like, what well, other options I ha- are there? I have ideas. So, in a lot of places, you know, we do the vaccines are rolling out and restrictions have been lifted to some degrees, right? Like, I think you can. I, I don't know about where we live, but I'm sure by the time you get married, I'm not sure when your wedding is. Maybe this will happen. But rent an Airbnb, like the whole thing. Like, if you got. I'm imagining that you're going to be shrinking your guest list anyway because of the pandemic. So take the guests that you have and go rent out like a motel, an Airbnb, something like that. So that with, you know, the small amount of guests that are going to be there. And then, you know, if it's an overnight thing, just because you can't like get close and hug, I don't know what the restrictions will be then. It gives you more time to kind of be around each other and see each other. And it gives you all the feeling of a shared experience even though you can't be in super close contact. My other idea is in like this, I don't know what COVID weddings are like. I haven't been to one, so this might be overplayed, but I mean, it's only year, so I don't think anything can be overplayed. Give everybody embossed masks to wear. So then like for pictures too, it'll look cool. Like for your, you know, get- What does embossed mean? Like with the couple's initials or something like that, or like the date of the wedding or something in the wedding colors. So whenever they take photos and like people are masks in the background or something like that, everything can look nice and, you know, hmm. thematic. I say just wait. <laughs> no, but some people can't, right? And this this person is not. So that's what they're looking for suggestions well, for. Who can't wait? Like uh, aside from people you who might, might have a terminal illness. Well, I was just gonna say maybe somebody who has a grandparent or a parent with a terminal illness uh, like that. Uh, good point, yeah. Somebody who can't get rid of some of the vendors without losing a bunch of money. Yeah. Things like that. Like, there's a lot of things. See, that's why you think of these things and I don't. And lastly, so I was really proud of this idea. So obviously, you know, probably the easiest solution would be to do it outdoors if you can. There are so many companies and they're popping up more. Like, they're getting a lot of popularity. They do super luxurious and beautiful, like, picnic setups. So I've seen them on Instagram a million times. Like Jillian Harris, uh, she does this sometimes. Like Chrissy Teigen's done this. But people come to your location and they set up just the most gorgeous like picnic display or outdoor dinner display. And then just have people sitting, you know, with like little tables of their own household. This sounds good, yeah. And then they just have this like luxurious, beautiful picnic. You're going to feel like you're in fairyland. It's amazing. And that's my favorite idea. I like that. Thank you. All right, next question. Can you be in love with two people at the same time? (laughs) Did the same person that asked this question ask? Okay. I feel like this person's going through some stuff. Okay, a lot's riding in the balance of this answer. I feel like you could, but it's never going to be like the same. It's like The Bachelor. Right. It's like I'm in love with two people. But you always love one person more, right? You can't, nothing's a perfect exact science. Well, to love two people is a choice because it's, that's so much more than just sexual attraction or lust or limerence. That, to get to know somebody enough where you have such a deep connection with them that you can say you honestly love them, that's a freaking choice, my friend. And if you're making that choice, I don't know how your partner's going to feel about you making that choice. And then, in that situation is that unconditional love if that's what you're striving for because then you're intentionally kind of hurting your partner i don't know if you can help love though no Alex. but shane to, to put in the effort to get to know somebody and make a connection that co-workers deep with somebody. people like yeah if you, so here's so then if you feel yourself that even starting to get those uh, whatever for a co-worker stop going out with that co-worker like honestly 
But what Done. if? But maybe you do. But you still love them. Well, you get out of there before the love happens. You ding dong. That's what sometimes I'm saying. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you'll be like, oh, do I? Don't I? And then before you know, oh, I'm in love. Ah, that's why I say no female co-workers. Keep those women in the kitchens. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Can I use that? Yeah, of course. Okay. This is a joke. Okay. Anyhow, um, I found I wanted to know, you know, a professional's response. Because we're all merely two humans with opinions. But, but I've been on Earth enough. I know what you can love two have people. Have you been in love with two people at the same time? Possibly, yes. In love, love, love. Not lust, not attraction so intense that you think it's love, but actual deep connection, love. Possibly. That's intense. I've but never it wasn't, been. It wasn't like a passionate burning love, you know? Yeah. Like there's layers to my love. <laughs> Is that a song? I don't know. It Layers should to be. my love. There should be. I've never been in love with more than two people. I've barely been in love with. Thanks. Enough yeah, there's feelings here, <laughs> Alex on the line. But Shane, like you know, bouncing off of our unconditional love situation, then how do you love somebody unconditionally? How do you bring those two ideas together that you can be in true love with more than one person? But then also you feel that unconditional love is real. So how can you have that? I don't know. I rate my love, though. There's some loves that are greater. It's like NBA (laughs) NBA Jam or whatever. Like everyone gets a player rating. So what's the the rating? Like is it on a 1 to 10 scale? Does it go by some other? It's a 10 scale. Yes, Alex. Where do I sit on that scale? Oh, shocking next question. I would say you're a 10. A 10? Yes. Great. Like bursting at the seams 10? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Person at the seams. Yes, you're a ten. I I am greatly in love with you. Mm-hmm. I'm very into this relationship. <laughs> I like it. even when I'm angry with you. Like even when we're arguing, I love you a lot. I I enjoy our arguments sometimes. Like odd. Yeah, you know, it's just it's <laughs> something a, to do during the it's pandemic. It's a fun time being with you at all times. So I'm into this relationship, and I'm not joking around. I'm is it really really in love? You already said yes. It's it is unconditional. Yeah. Right. I'm super into this relationship. Well, that means that you can't love another person ever, then, because then it wouldn't be unconditional. You are so par- you, like you call me uh, neurotic. <laughs> you are so paranoid about this. Like you think I am Jason Momoa in terms of like women wanting me or something yes if i leave the house it's like it's over didn't you went to the mailbox and you met someone it's like no i just picked up this in my mind that you ordered (laughs) one of my bravados yeah but if it, it does shock me if and i know like you know there's somebody for everybody and everybody has a taste but you just seem like everyone's hold on don't get it like like walmart or target everybody loves you and it, it's like you got something in your personality because I think that you have such a dynamic personality and there are so many layers, not just to your love, but to you, hmm. that there's a little bit of something no matter who you are. And Someone I, did call me Walmart Keanu Reeves the other day, so <laughs> there TikTok. might be something to that. <laughs> Anyhow, I, I do want to just chime in quickly with Tina B. Tassina. So she is a PhD of psychotherapy and the author of Dr. Romance's Guide to Finding Love Today. She said, yeah, it's certainly possible to love several people at once. I mean, just think of your family members. And it is also possible and, again, easy to attract lots of people and to be attracted to multiple people in a 
sexual way, but you can't confuse the two because they are totally different things. So she says, love is different than chemistry. And chemistry is a short-term chemical reaction inside your body that actually creates an intensely felt drug, like actual drug in your body that makes you lose sight of clarity of thought and can trick you into thinking that you're in deep love when you're really just in superficial lust. So I think this is the type of love that you felt for. Yes, I had that like hardcore. Mm -hmm. So love, in my opinion, is not the same as sexual excitement. It develops over time, and this is what Dr. Tessina is saying, and it will probably wind up only being with one person because again it is so hard to develop those really intense emotional deep connections with people yeah so then dr tasina kind of once again brings to the table the fact that like it's a choice at that point almost if you are getting yourself in the position where you love more than one person you know like i've seen this like i've seen um parents of like different kids on a team leave their spouses for each other and it's like well that parent is you know probably always the one to say oh no i'll take them to hockey tonight or end of end of answer next question should filters be removed from social media as they can be very misleading so did you know even body filters existed and not just like for like pictures but for video like you can download a filter that will give you bigger boobs a smaller waist and a bigger button thighs that's as you move terrible around. i hate that how much is this app <laughs> <laughs> but it's like uh kendall jenner was recently using one kylie to they, they get caught i'm for shocked these all now, the time. Of, all the, of all the people in the world it's always the person you least suspect no but thing is so much of this is going around and kids and young people and women are becoming so inundated with it and it really can take a toll on your mental health so instagram has been tied to anxiety and depressive symptoms and also concerns obviously related to physical appearance increased body dissatisfaction and lower self-esteem now i'm asking for a friend but do they have anything that can increase a bulge size hypothetically speaking (laughs) i'm sure they do honestly i'm sure they do and facetime okay this was an interesting stat so in the first six months of the pandemic. Oh, plastic surgery went up. No, well, that too, but Facetune. So for the younger generation, probably. So Facetune is like an app where you can make it look like you have plastic surgery and change whatever you don't like about yourself. There was a 25% increase in usage in the app in the first six months. I don't know how that has increased since, but then I do know plastic surgery also increased. And it's just, you know, there are millions of users that have some kind of filter or facetune or whatever on their device and it is incredibly damaging and it seems harmless at first but a slight edit here and there can send you spiraling and that it takes away your confidence in posting what you look like just as you are yeah of course like we were using zoom the other day and just as a as a lark we put on the makeup filter but they have like a a look better filter or something i forget what it's called yeah and then you go back to your normal self and it's uh strange mind you you look so weird with the makeup filter on it it's not that much like you actually are relieved but still you do notice how different Mm -hmm. you look without it and it can be jarring to some people Mm -hmm. i'm sure so you know a couple things like if you're finding that you do have depression or anxiety when you are logging into social media unfollow the people that make you feel this way and trigger unhealthy thoughts for you. Just get them off your list. You do not need to follow them. And then follow people that make you feel better about yourself. Follow people that have ideas or whatever that make you feel good about yourself and limit the time you spend on social media because again, that's another rabbit hole. You can just scroll and scroll and scroll and kind of get lost in this weird world. So 
ultimately, the question is, should filters be banned from social media? Shane, what do you think? Like, think about Lucy and Betty growing up and everybody's filtered the heck up all the time. I don't think they should be banned. I, I believe in choice and, uh, you know, we're a democratic nation. So I don't know. I just think be like anything like food, drugs, alcohol. I think sometimes if you ban it, people just want it more and they'll find a way to they, they might just plastic surgery might increase. If if you couldn't have a filter, they the desire to actually physically change yourself might increase. But just be educated, know the the pitfalls of this that it can be a slippery slope, especially like you said, if you're a person who suffers from anxiety, low confidence, depression, etc. So I think we can't take away things; we just can give people things, and that's knowledge, education, things like that. That's a better answer than I could have said. That's perfect. Yeah, I'm pretty I agree. good. I agree. All right. I might put poetic music behind that. <laughs> Shane mentions he has social anxiety. What do you think causes it? Mm, low confidence. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Too much Instagram scrolling. No. Uh, what causes it? I think I'm, I'm terrible with small talk. I can get really deep and have a really great conversation. But a lot of people don't just want to get so deep instantly. And my problem is I can be borderline weird to a lot of people because i will like not do the normal chit chat mm -hmm. and and small talk i don't know how to handle it i don't know how to do small talk mm -hmm. no and i you know i am a good small talker i like small talk just because i like to chat with people as i walk by them but honestly in some situations too i i freak out and i don't know what to say and it's awkward yeah a i've lot. seen you yeah. you're a good like half mix like you're mm -hmm. you're good at small talk but you're not great at small talk mm -hmm. you're also You'll extend a conversation like five minutes too long <laughs> and then you don't have a way out of it. So you'll just keep it going. And go. What's right. endearing? Yeah. So our final question, what do you think is the best season to have a baby? So I think it goes out saying on the count of three, let's both say one, one two, two, three, three summer. <laughs> Why do you say summer? Well, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good month. Here's be, the thing. Bottom line, I think they're all good months. But I, I think summer, and I'll tell you why. Spring, yeah, that's that's the second best one. But you don't want to like May is a great month because it's summer. Yeah. Summer is right there. Like having Lucy in May is perfect. But if it's in one of the earlier spring months, you could catch a cold day, not be able to go on a, on a nice walk, like. When is spring start? Okay, like I'm late gonna, March. Let me March twentieth, my birthday. Yeah, babe. but you can get snow. Like we've we've gone away for your birthday, March twentieth, and you don't know if you need to bring a sweater or a, a parka or a t-shirt. And well, here's the thing: you got a newborn baby. You just had birth. Like you just gave birth. You know, it might be cozy to snuggle up inside on those. Sure, days. it might be, but with a baby, you don't want to be thinking eighteen different outfits. Do it? Does does she need a winter coat? I don't know. You just want consistent weather. And being a person from Canada and knowing how tough it can be with a newborn and all the accessories and everything, especially when you're feeling so overwhelmed, let's have the most consistent weather of all time, which is our summer in Canada. Well, let me stop you there because if you are having a baby midsummer. Okay, that means you're pregnant for when it starts to get hot, which is not fun. Secondly, it has been getting so damn hot in Canada, where we live in Southern Ontario in the summers, that 
it's too dangerous to take a newborn baby outside because they cannot regulate and control their own internal temperature yet. So literally this summer, I could not take out Betty really for more than just like a little walk. No, you get pregnant in September. If if you're having the kid in the summer, you're, September's a great month to no, get pregnant. No, but I mean like the end of your pregnancy, like you're going to be like nine months pregnant and big and feeling crappy when it's like really hot out. And it's just, that's a very uncomfortable feeling. No, it'll be the the beginning. Like I think June. Have the kid June 1st. I say May. I really loved having Lucy in May. I thought it was perfect. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll agree with that also. There you go. Well, it's it's a good compromise because it's a little bit of spring, a little bit of summer. And they're all good here. I'm just saying the worst would be right before winter strikes. And I think a lot of people would agree with that. And here, I'm just going to devil's advocate. Again, what are you going to be doing anyways? You're just going to be cozying up with a newborn. You don't want to feel well claustrophobic just, though. She, we've been in a pandemic for a year and but went, surviving And then all of a sudden inside. everybody's having the roaring 20s outside. You, It's like when you're a kid and you, <laughs> you know, everyone's playing Frisbee outside, but you're grounded. You don't want, we, we had Lucy and a week later we were staying at like a cabin. Yeah. Mind you, that was hell. Like it, it was, was hell and it was hot and buggy and terrible place to bring yeah maybe winter is the best yeah winter (laughs) december have the kid in december christmas is coming so that's cozy what else you got that's it babe oh normally there's an announcement that that's the last question okay i think i said that i wasn't listening thank you everyone for listening to our podcast rating our podcast downloading it and commenting on that itunes section now i'm gonna read one of my favorite comments here Let me just scroll. Okay, I like this one. This is one of our more recent comments. It says, great listen. Their conversations make you think, but it's an easy listen at the same time. Love following this family on Instagram and through their podcast. Yeah, so that was very flattering. That was. I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. Thank you so, so much for these ratings. These five stars, it does mean so much to us. Either way, just downloading this episode helped us out. So no pressure no matter what, but thank you so much for listening to This This Family Family Tree Tree Podcast. Podcast. Episode 76.